Hello, welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming at you from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Big thank you to John Bristol for being on the show. So we recorded this episode on location in John's studio slash home. John and I never met before in our entire lives. We discuss it in the episode. Our friend, we have a mutual friend, Amanda Regan, who was in one of his movies, Josh and Todd, which I went to the premiere of and was a big fan. Uh, what's that? I think it's three or four years ago. Uh, Amanda and I were going to be in a mutual friend's birthday party, our friend Crystal, in um, Connecticut. This is back in September. So out of the blue, I had just been thinking about that movie because there's one scene that I found really funny. It kind of reminded me of like a Kevin Smith movie. Like a like a kind of clerics or like mall rats or just two dudes talking, but with a puppet. So I asked Amanda about it, and then she went on and told me that John and his production company were putting out another movie called Head, and uh, there was a Kickstarter for it. And then she suggested that I have him on the podcast. So I went on to the Kickstarter, and Head is going to be a horror movie with a puppet. We talk a lot about that in the episode as well, and. She kind of gave me the encouragement to ask him if he wanted to do the show. And John was so cool. He was like, yeah, let's do it. Super easy to work with. And he's like, uh, "Come, how about this day? Come to my house and we'll have some coffee and we'll just bullshit. And like right when I got there, John was so fucking nice. He let me hang out in his puppet studio afterwards. I took some cool pictures I'll put on the site. And I've never seen a puppet in person outside of like a uh, museum or something. And that like... a of his calibers of puppets, they're just incredible. Uh, we had so much fun. Of course, we talk about the Henson. Of course, we talk about the Muppets. I, I'm a Muppet fan. I just absolutely love the Muppets. And uh, listening to John talk, I feel I had a notebook and I had to write stuff down because there's so many things he told me about. I want to explore like the Puppeteers of America. They have a cool website, the Museum of Moving Images, which is had in New York, which I now want to go to. And he also talks about this place, and I believe it's in Plainville, Connecticut. I think it's called Paris and Plainville. It's where I saw the release of their movie, uh, Josh and Todd, which our friend Amanda was in. And that's kind of how things come full circle. So right now, Elmwood Productions has a Kickstarter going for their new movie called Head, uh, a throwback to 70s and 80s horror movies. You can go on there and back that pledge for a minimum of $1.00. I, I donated. First time I've ever given any money to Kickstarter. Go through the their website, elmwoodproductions.com. Check that out. And donate at least a dollar. I gave five, personally, because I wanted to get a copy of uh, Josh and Todd, a digital copy. So if you give these guys five dollars, you basically buy a movie. And you get to support uh, John Bristol and Elmwood Productions and all of the really cool shit they do. John gave me like a CD of a bunch of their stuff. They have a ton of like web series. They have a great YouTube channel. I believe it's just youtube.com slash Elmwood Productions. Uh, find it. Like, man, go on, donate. They have merch. They have some cool blogs. Just, it was just so much fun. Uh, big thanks for John for coming on. All the links that I just talked about Paris and Plantsville. Puppeteers of America, and the movies and motion picture, Elmwood Productions, all that stuff. You can find links on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat. Uh, one cool thing John talked about is how he does commissions, and he will make a puppet for you. Uh, I don't know tons of details about that, but I know you can find John's contact through the Elmwood Productions website. They also have a Facebook. 
You can find their Facebook link through our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat. And uh, if you ever wanted to have a puppet made in your liking or someone else's, oh my God, he's the guy to do it. His puppets are freaking cool. Uh, thank you again. Next week we'll have uh, co-host Mike and Seiko with Matt Rosine, and the week after that we have a special guest that I cannot wait to announce. Please click subscribe, and thank you for listening to Let's Chat. Now I'm in the limelight cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid, blow up like the world trade Born sinner, the opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to Raw G, Brucey B, Kid Capri Funk, Master Flex, Love Bug, Star Ski I love your fucking Muppet shirt. Thank you. That is incredible. Thank you. I just they got were on from 54? I started them um, yeah. reading the, bi- the Henson biography. Years, right? Oh, good. Good I book. I did not finish it because yeah. I don't like to read. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, it was good. I'm a, I'm a big reader, actually, and uh, it took me like three months to actually get through it. It's it a he- not just because it's a physically heavy book, but the oh content is heavy. It's dense. There's so, there's so much. Yeah. He, uh, that I didn't know, and I'm a huge Henson fan. Yeah, I learned from the first few chapters I read a lot about his childhood. Yeah. Where was he from? Like Mississippi, Mississippi or something yeah. weird? And Growing up in New England, you just have this bad view of the South. Yeah. And like, you gave us Henson, Mississippi. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah, that, that Mississippi is not the Mississippi we're used to hearing of. In the no. Place, you know? And it's very true. I mean, obviously, he was raised in a different type of family than what we're expecting from Mississippi. You know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I, um, you know what I really liked? I also read the Simpsons book. and I, I haven't read that. It was like the unauthorized okay. oral history. It was kind of an oral history of the Simpsons. Oh, cool. And it, the, the kind of the plot of the, movie, the book ends up being as Matt Groening gets more credit than he deserves for his well, work. I think he yeah. says that too, doesn't he? His okay. words. His yeah. words. He, and and I, I still respect the shit out of that yeah. guy. For, but Henson, was, it wasn't like Frank Eyes is the genius. No. And Henson was... is, like, pull, is getting all... He's, like, he's not the Steve Jobs where someone else is like, you stole my idea. No, Henson was... Fucking nuts! Yeah, he never stopped. He never. He's a big influence on me because for, yeah. for that reason, like How even my not? friends give me a hard time. It's like all you do is this. It's like, well, yeah, I know. I, I spent some time on the couch with my girlfriend once yeah. in a while. Well, Jim did it, so yeah. it's okay. Well, he yeah, also exactly. died from pneumonia that he didn't right. take care of. Which I'm just getting over a cold, so <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, of that. hope that's not me. No. Well, <laughs> there's one thing I love about like, the podcasting culture. Like I listen to a lot of comedy podcasts. Oh, great! And like people who like make it. And then you kind of learn about the people who like don't make it, but it's just you just have to have this drive, and you don't know Definitely. what's going to happen. You don't know why you do it; you just do it. Oh, I've been dealing like I'm doing Elmwood Productions for thirteen years now. Yeah, you know? wow. And um, in that time, we've had so many people just come and go because they just didn't have enough drive to keep up with those yeah. of us who are the regulars. I have two guys that have been with me almost since day one. Wow, uh, Russ Worley Bird and Jim Williams. Uh, and you know, Jim came in about uh, six months and just really becoming Elmwood Productions in 2002, and I came back to Connecticut. And uh, and Russ was there from the day I came back in the door into the state, and like the three of us are always go 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 yeah. go. And we've had some people come in and leave and come back, and you know, and some people just want to do specific projects, which I yeah. get. Right now, though, I'm I'm not just saying this because they're my crew right now, but right yeah. now the crew we have is probably the best we've ever had. Like yeah. the ten regulars that we're using, wow. between writers, puppeteers, you know, creative, just creative and, and designers, everybody we have right now is the best crew we've had. Another long-timer named Gabe Finkenstein, he came in to join us really when we started making Josh and Todd. He played a character called Hunter. Yeah. Who rhymes. Okay. Yeah, he played him in it, and around that same time, we start, I started developing a movie kind of based on him. We've never made the movie. Yeah. Uh, I want to. Someday it's called Getting Gabe a Girlfriend. So <laughs> someday you may be listening to this podcast. I'm like, I just saw that movie five years later. And... Um, 
you know, so it's and it's, it's totally not what Gabe's like now, which is funny. It's kind of a parody of what Gabe was then. But anyways, he's still he's still with us too, which is great. And wow. So I guess if we get, so how did you even start Elmwood Productions? Like a lot of people, myself included, always have these ideas, and I just don't follow through on many things uh, except this. It is was the first a, time. That's awesome. It was, it was a lot of not following through on things that led to Elmwood Productions. Um, in high schools, uh, got. Junior high and high school got really into comic books. I'm still a comic fan. Not yeah. as big as I used to be, but I'm still a big comic fan. Got really into it. As a, I was always cartooning and illustrating. I was also wow. a huge fan of puppetry in general, and the Muppets, of course, being the pinnacle. Oh, yeah. but, and so I started making my own comics. And after high school, you know, college didn't really agree with me, so it didn't really happen, which was fine. I started doing comics and drawing and drawing and drawing. And I always had the idea of puppetry in the back of my head. I always wanted to make movies, too. And I was like, oh, I'm going to start turning some of my comics into movies. Wow. And this was you know, the mid-'90s. I mean, I was telling some buddies one night we were, um, my buddy Tricky, I have a friend named Tricky. That's awesome. And another friend of ours named Edwin, we were sitting around talking one night, we, and we'd been writing some comic stuff together, and I'm like, I want to take this one comic strip we have and turn it into a movie. We should play the part. So we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're like, because it was based on us in some ways anyways. Yeah. And I'm like, we're too old already to play these parts, though we're all in our early 20s, and we're like, we're too old to play these teenagers, though. I look too old, at least. I felt, you know. I'm like, we could do it with puppets. We just watched Muppet Christmas Carol. Because it was like Christmas time. I'm like, let's Classic. just do it with puppets. How hard is that going to be to do? You know, this and that. We're like, and everyone's like, yeah, yeah, pup, we'll do it with puppets. And then I spent the next five years learning how hard it is to make puppets. Yeah, <laughs> like, I was going to say, that's not an easy thing. And then once, but once I felt comfortable making puppets, and, I, and this was around 99, 2000 at that point, I was like, yeah, we can, I can actually do this. Now let's find movies we can make. And by then, our buddy Edwin was long gone. He had moved out of state, things like that. I'd gone to Florida, come back in 2002. And jumped right into it. I'm like, let's start doing this. I have a dozen puppets. What can we come up with? And it just hasn't stopped. Once you get a couple people involved that have the similar drive, yeah. you can't slow down. Because if one person slows down, they get mad at you. you get, yeah. you know, if I slow down, they're going to get mad at me for slowing down. If Russ slows down, like, why aren't you working so hard? I'm working this hard. So we've kind of committed to each other. And you guys have jobs, too. We all have day and jobs. And live yeah. lives. And, li- and living life, yeah. Kind but then of. you run a, El- you run a puppet production a production company? Elmwood Productions is the name of it. Yeah, it's a production oh. company. I mean, there's, it's, there's like two branches of it. There's Elmwood Productions, which makes the films. Yeah. And distributes them and you know, does the screenings and all that. And then the Elmwood Puppets is a separate business where we make the puppets. Oh, my God. We keep them separate just for legal purposes. The, was you it know? hard learning the, the brass tacks of like – because you guys don't have like people, I'm assuming, like a I'm manager. I'm still doing 90% of it. 95% yeah. 95% of it I myself. couldn't even imagine. And There's it's so not much. easy. It was it a job. Up, yeah, it, it's a full-time job too. So it's like between building the puppets, writing a lot of the scripts – Producing, directing, and running the business, and having a day job, and just getting engaged. Oh, congratulations! Thank you, thank you. And having a cat, you know, like yeah. <laughs> and a family, and and fr- like fur babies. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> and I'd say a good ton of good chunk of my friends have all, in some way or another, been involved with Elmwood. Yeah, called Elmwood for short. At some point, between acting, puppeteering, holding lights oh for God. us, like I say, every friend I'm close with has at least come to at least one production and helped out, yeah. which is really cool. And that's how we and this end up happening because our friend, mutual friend Amanda Regan. Hello, Ooh. Amanda, because I know she'll be listening. Hey, hot stuff. <laughs> <laughs> she was in your movie, and I went to your yeah, premiere. She was, was in Josh it, and Todd. Yeah, yeah, three, you, that three was years? cool. Josh and Todd premiered at four Paris years. Plantsville, two thousand eleven. Three years ago. Almost yeah. Three years ago. Okay. I think yeah, it was I, February two thousand eleven. I was probably still living in Connecticut. I'm not good at dates. Yeah. No, I had to think about it. Cause I remember we did. Maybe I joined I the art gallery. We screened it at Paris and Plantsville. I became a resident artist there in the fall of two thousand ten. The place is cool. It's a really cool place. And so, when they were hitting their first anniversary party, they wanted to do something special with Elmwood too, because Elmwood Productions have become part of the gallery. We do a lot. We still do a lot there, which is great. Yeah. Um, so I was like, well, let's premiere Josh and Todd. It's almost done. And then I told Russ the next day, hey, by the way, we're going to premiere Josh and Todd there in a month. 
It was like around. This was in January, and he was like, "I'm going to kill you," because it wasn't ready. Okay. It was. He was like, "I'm like that's the point. You're never going to finish it. You're going to monkey with this thing forever in the editing." Because Russ was doing the editing. If you don't, if you don't, if I don't give you a due date, yeah, it's true. And we're going to promote it as a rough cut. We're not going to, you yeah, because get people because no one's seen it yet, you know. And then we did the premiere, and I couldn't believe how many people were there. Like I yeah. thought, thirty people would show up, and it was like a hundred. Oh yeah, that was fun. A year later, was it two years later? Bad with dates, 2012, 2000. What year is it now? 2014? Yeah, yeah, I think. So I yes. think it was, yes, yeah, so it was, uh, I think that it must have been a year later. I don't remember. We re premiered Steve the Vampire, they're our web series. Oh, the, the cool. complete series. Like we'd been, we put episodes on YouTube. They're, they're not all up yet, even. Yeah. We're, put, we're staggering them, but we did a premiere of the complete Steve the Vampire there as part of the Elmwood Productions 10th anniversary party. So the whole gallery was Elmwood Productions, like all of our puppets, sketches, you know, like we had built a diet, like a, a, the Steve set for his mom's basement. Yeah. We rebuilt that in the gallery so we could see what it looked like. And we had Steve standing there with his whole body, the oh legs for the first time people got to see him. And so we, um, but for that, it, we had about 250 people show up. We were oh turning people God. away because the fire marshal was going to show up. We were like, wow. Ooh. Yeah, it was, we didn't expect that. And then we showed Josh and Todd again that same month, just like, because it was a whole month event yeah. at the gallery, like opening and closing. Because it was a gallery, still an art gallery. Yeah. The art was up of Elmwood Productions for the month. And we thought, no one's going to come to Josh and Todd. We've shown it here five times. We've done yeah. a couple of the screenings since then at that gallery. And it still had like 200 people show up for that. And it was like, haven't you people learned your lesson? You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I feel puppetry is, it can go as a lost art that kind of always resurfaces. Like you saw 30 Rock had those yeah, puppet had, scenes and the, the, Community. With, with the Muppets and oh, Community it was and amazing. stuff with the puppets, yep. The cut of like Liz Lemon walking away from, it was like her as a puppet, her the next a puppet. scene is her frumpy walking. Yep. And Community. Yeah. I, I think whenever you get like a Dan Harmon, like this weird creative genius who gets into yeah. there, he's like, Joss Whedon did it puppets. with Angel years ago. Too. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Like puppets are fucking yeah. great. I think for early on... Um, if you haven't seen the documentary Beauty is Embarrassing, you no, haven't. have to see okay. it. It's about this guy named Wayne White, who's one of those people you would you don't know his name. I never knew his name. But yeah. he is like he did set design for Pee Wee's Playhouse. He was the puppeteer for Randy. Oh, cool. He did the Smashing Pumpkins video. He's just one of those artists who has so much influence that no one knows his name. But it's all about him. And then I forgot what's going with that. But it was I remember like I had my parents on here, which was actually it was really special. It was really cool. And I was talking to my dad about like that I'm like cool. we used to watch Pee Wee's Playhouse a lot, and I didn't know how fucking weird it was. Yeah, as a kid. it was really out there. And then you're like, I only watched Pee Wee's Playhouse because you liked it, and I was a little idiot kid that you're like, I want to watch this myself. Yeah, and my kid. <laughs> and but that like defined. I think that I look back at like my development, like comedy and everything. Pee Wee's Playhouse is like the beginning. Sesame Street, Sesame Street, Pee Wee's Playhouse, The Muppet Show. Every, the these Muppet things show. really had an influence. Pee Wee's Playhouse came out. I was a little old. I want to say was it after the Muppet. Show? Yeah, it was Muppet Show. Early, early. show started in the seventies, late seventies, and in England, correct? It was filmed in England, yeah. Because something with America, no network would pick it up, and then they went overseas. So he had a an independent producer named Lou Grade agreed to pick the show up and produce it himself. He'd done Thunderbirds, he'd done a lot with puppet puppetry in in Europe, in England specifically, and he um, he loved the Muppets. So he's like, I'll produce it, we'll syndicate it. And Henson was like, I don't want to syndicate this yeah. show. We're better than that. And he's like, no, no, no. Trust me on this. Which was money. great because they got more money that way. Yeah. And they made a deal with CBS that CBS had first right to syndicate it. Oh. So that way if the local CBS affiliate didn't take it, then another affiliate, then the station uh-huh. could. Can go down. CBS got first dibs. And pretty much everybody took it, oh, after, it was, after the first season. You I know? remember watching it at my grandparents' house. That and like Fraggle Rock. And I don't even yeah. know if they liked it or it was just a way to keep their kid, the grandkids busy. busy. <laughs> but no, I do remember yeah, watching I my grandpa. I missed the Fraggle Rock boat when it first started. Um, I might have watched it afterwards. So we didn't have yeah, cable. I was eight or eight, I think seven or eight when yeah. Final Rock started. Probably aired, I was probably eight years old. I'll say 83. And I was kind of after, I was getting out of 
kid shows at that point. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's around the same time Pee-Wee's Playhouse probably started in like 85, 86. Oh, so Or Pee-Wee's Playhouse, I just, I got bit, I got bit by that. But then Fraggle Never. Rock later on, I want to say, probably my, again, in my early 20s when I started going back into puppetry and researching it, I got some VHSs of it. And I'm like, wow, I missed the boat yeah. on this. I mean, it's definitely a kid's show. But it's not. They do but like... It's deep. I, I have I vague mean, recollections. They take these crystal things that the doozers make and eat them, and then they li- eat them, and yeah. then they lie down in a circle and put their heads together, and yeah. then they and could have the same dreams, dreams and like something. Yeah, oh, and I, there's this whole social awareness to that show, which I didn't get when I was younger. Yeah. Even in my twenties, I kind of missed it. Um, Did you see dinosaurs again as an adult? Yes, and I even when that came out. I was in high school, Fuck. my last year or so yeah. of high school. And I watched the whole thing when it was airing, and Fuck. that show. First, it was a great satire, and then yeah. the, the way it ended was brilliant. Well, they all go they, extinct, they extinct because yeah. of uh, we alter the environment. They the, did the, the uh, war episode. Yep, we are right. Yeah, it's just like I Ro- mean that was genius. Robbie breaks the fourth wall and talks to the camera about mm-hmm. drugs. Yeah, but it, no, they don't talk was, about drugs. They talk about, about whatever the, their equivalent to drugs was. But it was definitely a drug oh, reference. But in yeah. the show, at the very end is Robbie, the dinosaur puppet, talking. Um, as an actor on the show yeah. about PSA specials and how dumb they are. How dumb they are. Yeah, <laughs> kind of being like, listen, you know. Either but he's not a real creature. He's right. an animatronic. No, those are real people in there. Those are guys in his suits, but the heads are animatronic. Yeah. 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 That was a Henson Productions, but I that think was, he was yeah. since gone. It was that he had passed, but he had come up with the idea with the guy who produced it, too, before he died. Yeah. I can't remember who it was, but... I just know him and Frank Oz. I don't know anyone yeah, else. Yeah, Frank Oz wasn't involved in that show at all. No. He was long... He was kind of out of the Muppets, at the, well, out of the yeah. Henson Productions at that point. I would love a documentary about him. I, I would, too. He's yeah. the guy behind the guy that yeah. you never know his name. Yep. And everyone, unfortunately, everyone does know Frank Oz, which is good. Yeah. He's earned it. I mean, he's probably, the great, he's probably the greatest living puppeteer right now, even though he's retired. Yeah. He, retired puppeteer, you know? But, and people still make a living, like Sesame Street's still a thing. Yeah. And, I think it's oh, yeah. always these waves of puppets, and I know. And it wasn't until we were about to do this. Actually, no, I, was, I went to Comic Con in Rhode Island. Oh, nice! And um, I was like, I'm gonna buy some fan art because cool. I just really wanted to. Yeah. And I was really obsessed with Breaking Bad. Oh, so nice! I was like, I gotta buy something Breaking Bad. And then they had a. It's in my kitchen on our Facebook page. All our pictures, a bunch of our pictures, and it. it's just like Beaker and Benson. And I was like, as them. And, and you just see the top of their heads, and above it, it's like it says Meep. So it's very like simplistic. Yeah. I was like, I have to own that. So <laughs> we have Muppet art in my kitchen. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> the Muppet art I have in my kitchen. I have a page from a book I had when I was a kid it's hanging up over there we have uh, plenty of puppets in the other room yeah the studio is but it's it's a page from a book I had when I was a kid of a cookie monster cookie recipe so I'm like it has to go in the kitchen you know yeah oh of course and for whatever reason my mom kept that recipe in a recipe box forever and uh, I ended up inheriting it and I was going through the recipe box one day what would I actually make in here and I'm like oh my and I I had all those memories of this big Sesame Street crafts work playbook of things you could and that was in there I'm like oh my god so I scanned it because it was falling apart oh that's so sweet and my girlfriend framed it and now it's hanging in my kitchen that's so it was in my last kitchen my old place and now we live together here and it's, it's funny so how many uh, things. I'm just looking around your apartment. Yeah, There's yeah. a Kermit Avenue sign. Yes. Did you make that or is no, that real? No. Um, girl, girlfriend, her best friend, her fiance, and her best friend again were at a flea market and they saw that and bought it for me. And that was also in my last apartment over the my yeah. living room, but now it's in my studio. Which is it's cool. funny yeah. how things can like have that meaning. Yeah, it. like I don't get ups- I just get very attached to random things. Yeah, like I have a Homer Simpson doll live or and I'm in my kitchen. Yeah, we um when it, though we moved into our new apartment, my wife and I, my now wife, we didn't we weren't married when we moved in. Um, my father in law, my mother in law went to go to the bathroom, and my father in law wanted to scare her, so he like jammed the puppet above it. Oh, it's not puppet, he's like a, a stuffed animal. Yeah, and she didn't notice it, and then it's been four years and still never moved. Like, oh, I, good. I just love home. It's, it's, it's home. Simpsons and that are like Simpsons guy. That's obsession cool. Obsession of mine. They make a Muppets reference in uh, 
about Troy McClure. I forgot the whole thing. I think it was like he did a. It was making fun of Labyrinth. They're like, "What's a Muppet? It's like a puppet." I, <laughs> puppet, I can't remember yeah. the quote, but it was very, very fantastic. Awesome. So, how did you make that leap from going from? Um, I don't know, like just like I'm. You just seem like a yeah. very super creative type. Uh, to like making a production company because yeah. creativity and business don't always go hand in hand. My mom was an accountant. I think that okay. helped a little bit. I'm terrible with numbers though. You're like, I have to fill a W-2 or when yeah. someone starts giving you money, if I don't pay taxes, someone comes I, after yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm aware of these things, you know. Yeah. And uh, in my younger years, I, I had a landscaping company so I'm yeah. a little aware of... Um, so you have the, some business savvy. Some business... You know, I was part of a landscaping company, I should say. It wasn't just me. but uh, And I always... I've, I've Going into the whole creative world, I was researching art and how to own it. You know, that was yes. I, like I don't want to be stealing these things from me. How do I protect myself? And that's oh, what I'm so glad it, that you thought ahead of yeah. And that's what really led into you know getting into the business end of it. Yeah. I enjoy it too. I do enjoy the business end. I, I enjoy the hustle. So you own all of, like the intellectual um, properties behind your movies and stuff. Technically, on paper, yes. Yeah, we share ownership as Elmwood Productions, though. As a oh, group. that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Your company on paper, it's, it. it's 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 the company, my name. But you know, we, we're going to restructure next year a little bit too, which will be fun. You know, yeah. Like, like some of the, and, and that way, it gives all the people some more, some of the guys in the crew some more responsibility, which is kind of cool. Yeah, take a little of the pressure off of me, which but, is yeah. fun. Yeah, but if it's a puppet built by Elmwood, I probably built it so too. How did so. you learn to build a puppet? Like, wow, um, that I think this I started building pre-internet. You know, now you can type in how to build a puppet. Yeah, yeah. Google it, and you'll so let me come guess, up did you have to get your encyclopedia? I had to go to the library. The and, what? Yeah, exactly. What's a library? You mean my computer in my bedroom? Yes, yes. I had to do that, and I also had a lot of, to- a lot of toy puppets. Being a kid who was obsessed yeah. with the Sesame Street and the Muppets as a kid, I still had all my toy puppets, and some of those are starting to fall apart, which was a plus because I could reverse engineer them. Oh. You know, being an artist, you can, and being someone who's creative, I'd like. Well, if I take this apart, I'll see how it was made. So that's exactly what I did with a couple toy puppets. I still have the first Kermit puppet I ever had when I was a kid. But oh, I, I, I you know, never would take that apart. You know? yeah. But I did that. I found the library. And then um, I discovered Puppeteers of America, which is this organization. Okay. Joined them. And they, at the time, they don't have it anymore, but they had a store where you could buy things through their store. And they had patterns and books on puppet making that I couldn't find anywhere else. And I bought a bunch of that stuff. Wow. And what's great is when you buy these patterns, there was a little thing, copyright so-and-so, but do whatever you want with it. Once you buy it, use it, which is great. Oh, wow. And I give patterns away of my own now to people. They're like aspiring puppeteers. I'm like, you want to make a puppet? Here's a pattern. I'll show you how to use it because it's just... One thing I learned is, you know, puppeteers are some, some, there's 50 to 50. Some are like magicians. They don't want to tell you how they do it. Mm. And there's the other 50% who believe that the more people that are doing it and doing it well, it makes everybody better. And yeah. I'm on that side. I'm with you on that. So I'm. You know, I teach classes every now and then, wow. and when the class is over, you keep the patterns. You know, but yeah. You keep, you know, we do two puppets. You keep the patterns when we're done. Email me for the rest of your life. Any questions? Where you know? do you teach? Uh, Paris and Plantsville, the gallery that we screen. So someone actually was listening to this and lived in and Connecticut they, and, and they wanted, wanted to. Yeah, they can just contact me. I'll throw up a plug before the yeah through my email and, and, and all that. But yeah, know. and I do it usually like one, wow. twice a year. I'll do like a six week class. I might take you up on that because cool. I like always. Yeah. Like, like when the new Muppet movie came out, yeah. and there's a picture of Jason Siegel, and they made a puppet of him. I was like, <gasps> "You could have puppets that look like you." Me. Yes, I have one. I have two or three that look like me over the years. You must yeah. make a lot. Of, you could probably make money off that. Like, um, I've when I get commissions, I do I do do commissions for yeah. people, and most of my commissions are either people want their pet, yeah, or they want a portrait of their girlfriend or boyfriend, things like that. You know, so I do a lot of that, which is fun. I'm just writing that down so after like a, yeah. a month later because I'm, I'm probably going to do that because cool. it's like a dream. I've always wanted a puppet awesome. myself. I love making them too. Oh my God, that yeah. is so fucking cool. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks. So what do you think it is about like puppets that it's not car- – it's this weird thing. Yeah. It's not cartoons. It's not real. It's not real. But I've, man, I swear to God, I've I've listened to like enough I've, a podcast with 
I think it was OK Go was doing The Tonight Show, mm-hmm. and there was some very big celebrity on there, mm, it was and the- so were the Muppets. Yeah. And they were starstruck by the Muppets. Yeah. And everyone I've ever heard talk about Muppets is you forget that you there's forget a person the- below them. and like A good puppeteer will make you forget that, which is a like, plus. But- Elmo. It's El- Elmo. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, Elmo's you, everywhere. Yeah, Kermit the Frog shows up. You know it's Kermit. I, yeah. You're going to love Kermit. You I don't care it. about Steve Whitmire underneath I, him. All you care about is Kermit the Frog. Yeah. I was in love with Lamb Chops. Yeah. And I remember to see her... Uh, Sherry Lou, my mom took me to see Sherry Lou oh, wow. at the old Oakdale when I was really small. That's great, and I remember like that's like legendary because you, yeah, you know, I mean, her daughter's doing it now. I don't know if you oh, know that. Really? Mallory's doing it now. Yeah, Mallory oh, that's was, so great. And she, I mean, she nails. She's been nailed, she nails the voice. She's been oh. doing it for years, and she does. Sherry did an adult show for a while, oh, no so Mallory does the adult show too, which is oh, cool. With Lamb Chop, find that. so yeah. But I remember like just staring at Sherry Lewis and, and like not understanding. I was like, wait, I thought. Why is she, why why is she standing there? Yeah, but then I and I, I forgot how old I was, but I really just like I, she disappeared, and I was staring at that that little li, little lamb. Yeah, you're like I th- I think what it is about puppets is it's it's tangible. Yes, you know, like you can go to any great Disney movie right now and see a Pixar film, and you'll believe Woody is real. Sure. Yeah. Within the day, you can't walk out and see Woody. Mm. You know, there's no Woody to talk to. Your toy Woody is not going to move. Yeah. You go see, or and I'm not saying anything bad about this, but this computer animation is so real. But yeah. It's not real at the end of the day. A Muppet movie or a Labyrinth mm-hmm. or, um, a Greg the Bunny or something like that. Greg the Bunny. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I forgot but, about that. But you can turn, or even Elmwood Productions, Josh yeah. and Todd, Steve the Vampire. You can actually touch these characters in real life. Well, I like that they're mixed with real people. So, yeah. Even the movie you made, which I, I was, was before, a combination, which I yeah. was actually. Surprisingly, a huge fan of. Like, Thank you. I, I was, I, I was. We said this before. So the way this ended up being, me and Amanda were at our friend's uh, Crystal's thirtieth surprise party, and I was just out of the blue a week before. I was just thinking about that really funny scene, yeah, and the movie that she was in. I was like, how did I get a copy of it? And then she told me up at the Kickstarter. The Kickstarter, and you can get a copy of it through the Kickstarter. And then, like, yeah. if you donate, like, whatever, you can it's get a 10. copy. And I was like, oh, that's fucking great. I'll just do that. And then she's like, you should have him on the podcast. And I was like, yeah. I didn't know I could do that. Why not? Yeah, I'm and happy then, to do it. This that's is fun. Worked out. So, but, um, that's why we're here now. Yeah. It's, yeah, which the Kickstarter, go to that page. It's yes. fucking awesome. You're making a new Thank movie. You. Yeah, it's the, the new movie we're doing right now. Uh, it's our second feature film. It's called Head. Wow. And I keep joking around, no, it's not starring the monkeys. Um, <laughs> although I love that movie. Wow. Uh, no, That's this a deep is, reference yeah. for older crowd. And, and, and people are like, what are they even talking about? But um, yeah, it's a horror movie with puppets, and we're playing it straight, which I don't think it's ever been done before. Yeah. We, you know, we're doing treat- it was written as a regular movie, non-puppet movie. Yeah. And then and Elmwood, as a group, we were developing it, and we realized it's just not working out, because we don't know how to do it without puppets in a way. Yeah. You know? And... So we decided let's just do it our way with puppets, and I just jumped right in and started building right then and there. Yeah, and and we were like, then it was, do we play it straight? Do we play it as a comedy? And I'm like, no one's ever done a puppet horror movie before. No, with puppets as the cast. Like, there's yeah. Chucky. There's you know, the, but that's like a joke. There's Saw. Yeah, you know, it's always the villain is a doll, an evil doll of some sort, and they use a puppet to do it. Where this, the characters are all the actors themselves are puppets. Yeah, you know, it's like put them up. It's in a horror movie. Yeah, but but R rated. It's got all the notes. It's got the nudity. It's got the blood. It's got the. Oh, force. Is, is there puppet nudity? Fuck constant. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yo yeah, puppet boobs, man. If you ever want to see puppet boobs, now's your chance. Actually, there's puppet boobs in Josh and Todd too. Oh but, yeah. yeah, yeah, twice. I, uh, but. Josh and Todd, you know that's why I liked about it is because the puppets weren't like a joke. No, they were just they played the character. Yeah, I feel like the new Muppet movie with Jason Segel kind of stole your they, idea. Um, you know, it's funny. I say Ted stole it even more. 
Yeah, but Ted wasn't as good. No, no, but I'm just like the whole idea of the doll coming to life. Yeah, and, and then being the, his like his his id, which yeah. is the plot of Josh and Todd. Maybe Todd, they saw it and stole I, it. The people keep telling me that. I have people who've worked in the Hollywood system who are like, you okay. should sue this guy, and I'm like, why? Yeah, well, you wouldn't win. I'm I sorry. wouldn't win. He's got more money than God, and yeah. everything he's done is stolen from something else. Everything, yeah. everything Seth MacFarlane's done, and yeah. I don't care if he hears this, has been stolen. Uh, he, from he something won't. Else. Don't worry. He hasn't had, an, and if he does, he'll yeah. be laughing. All the way to the bank. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that, like, that's the thing with art. Like you yeah. know, he can just you take an idea and then you right. expand and upon it. I'm not going to say every single idea we've had is wholly original. You oh, know, I don't but, think there's any yeah. original ideas left to some extent. Yeah. So well, except your I mean, uh, horror mo- the, movie yeah, with the puppet. But the movie itself is a tribute, which means we're stealing ideas. Yeah. From all the '70s, '80s slasher films. And that yeah. was the point. This movie, when I wrote it, it was I script. I was trying to hit every cliche. But play it straight, not like Scream where they goof on it or what was that, uh, Student Bodies, where it's kind of making fun of the cliches. Yeah, okay. Where this one, we just wanted to hit it and play it straight. And then doing it with puppets, I think just going to make it more bizarre. Well, yeah. You know? Well, like, when watching uh, Josh and Todd, it was just, it was it was like Chasing Amy-esque. Yeah. Except, you know, the guy, if I'm, I'm trying to remember your plot, but That's like, okay. she couldn't, they couldn't handle the, fa- oh, like, or Ted, you're saying, but it was just like. They were a puppet. It wasn't this like uh, joke, like "ha ha, look at these puppets." Look at these like, puppets. <laughs> the yeah, puppets, no, the character. Was, yeah, t- Todd was there as Josh's id, yeah, and it became his roommate, and it wreaked havoc, wreaked, wreaked yeah. havoc on his life. And his girlfriend was a racist of puppets. And yeah, that's a whole subculture. There's always which puppets I, that are alive, and yeah, so it's kind of like an anti-racism story too, which was cool. It had that other like level. almost like X-Men level, yeah, like with, sub, yeah, yeah, that that, and which was kind of cool. And that wasn't even originally intended. Um, that just kind of as we were writing it. Uh, we, it was written as a short film that we developed into a feature and yeah. that whole anti-racism thing kind of built into the wow. feature which was cool. so that was unintentional yeah no nah, it wasn't in, it, as we were like getting ready to shoot we're like wow this has got this other deep yeah. level let's play with that a little bit we even rewrote the scenes with uh, Johnny Sojai one of our other characters a homeless yeah. character that the, the Todd moves in with when he gets <laughs> yeah. thrown out <laughs> we funny. rewrote after we shot it we re- ended up going rewriting and reshooting this Johnny Sojai scenes so Johnny could be the opposite of that he could be the human racist yeah. he could hate humans you know oh. and that wasn't how and then because it was like well, this is a really good let's do the yin and the yang yeah you know well, so when you're making like a movie how do you know uh, for lack of a better expression when do you know when to kill your baby like when is it done oh my god it, writing it, there's this point where you just have to say the words are there. You know, how, you, you you're going to change it when you're shooting, anyways. You're mm-hmm. going to improvise. You're going to come up with new ideas. I was going to ask, you guys improvise? Oh, absolutely. We we always my my rule is stick to the script for at least one take. Get mm-hmm. that one take done because that way you know it's the, the the one you wanted up front. The director, the writer, whoever it may be, then play with it. You know, because yeah. you never know what's going to come out. You know, sometimes you go to play with it, nothing happens. Just, let's just keep doing five more takes the way it's yeah. written because we got nothing. You know, and that's fine. But we uh, we encourage improvising. We encourage upstaging each other. We mm-hmm. you know we you know we wanted to. If one person can make everything better, then do it. You know, yeah. It had like a fucking a. <laughs> what, I, what, what I loved about that movie, especially, was it had this like kind of Kevin Smith esqueness to it. Yeah, and Judd Apatow of like the man child, but like yeah. heavily dialogue. And drama, Todd was very much the man child, where Josh was the man. Yeah, you know? which and I love that dynamic. And they evened each other out by the end, which was yeah. important. Which, uh, that, yeah. So you're an actual filmmaker. Cause yeah. I just watch oh, it. Yeah. Like, oh, that's good, but you actually have to think about oh, stuff. Yeah. And when, with editing a movie, it's done when you, you've played with it so much, you're sick of looking at it. That's how I look at can it. Can you watch that movie objectively? Like, or it, is it still like, no, um, screwed this up. No, I shouldn't have done now this Now I can. Uh, we, I mean, distance. we shot it in 2008 and nine, Yeah. And we premiered it in 2011. Wow. So it was a year, almost two years of editing. That's why I was finally like, guys, let's just put this thing out the movie's there. Fucking you know, it's fucking yeah. yeah, I've had I've had enough of not seeing it my fucking self, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I remember, then the first time I saw it, I'm like, great, done, move on. You know, where Russ and Jim still wanted to edit. We just shot last summer a new pickup scene. 
that oh, will it. not be if you if you buy it on Kickstarter, if you donate to Kickstarter and get it, you won't get that version of the movie. That you're going to get the original version that we screen, yeah, with some audio corrections, but. We're saving the other version for the eventual DVD release. Yeah, which, yeah. And all, the, all it is is some exterior shots, some establishing yeah. stuff. Nothing that changes the story at all. But um, I can watch Josh and Todd now and laugh, which is great. Yeah. It, it, and I don't even see the, I don't, the flaws I laugh at now. I don't get like, yeah. oh, God, that scene was so poorly dubbed. Or, oh, my God, the lighting was off here. I'm just like, whatever. It was our first feature film. Is Josh and Todd like a story of you and your no. obsession of puppets? No. it's, it's Did actually, your family like on board? Oh, yeah. Definitely. My, I mean, That's my cool. parents definitely catered to the puppet madness when I was a kid and yeah. the comic madness and the so cartoon that, they're madness. They're also fans. Yeah, my mom being not, not just being an accountant, she was also a musician and, and, she, was a, and she liked to draw and paint. My wow. grandmother painted, my aunt paints, my dad's a mechanic. Okay, by trade, so he's always tinkering, he's always tinkering with stuff. So that, was like, that, That's a real art form that which was people always, don't give oh, that yeah. enough credit for. So those things were always in my house growing up. I always had that, and so they and they encouraged the arts. So your puppeteer makes sense that you have the mechanic father. Yes, like the putting together oh, yeah. of things, building things. Yeah, absolutely. And he gave me some advice when I was. Hey, buddy. Hey, little guy. <laughs> Neighbors. <laughs> and, uh, That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. The um, he gave me some advice when I was probably eight years old, nine years old. He was like, "Don't ever be a mechanic. <laughs> Don't do it." And I took yeah. the advice. I I still I can barely change my oil. You yeah, know, I, I can't at all. You know, so I mean, I I. I Learned how to do my brakes because I had two cars in a row have the brakes blow out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm just going to do it my damn self. Called my dad and he was like, I'll show you how to do it. And he yeah. walked me through it, which was good. You so know? you've always had this DIY mentality. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, and I believe that for filmmaking too. Like, you are literally a DIY yeah. filmmaker. That's and so fucking I really awesome. like promoting that and pushing it. Guerrilla filmmaking, DIY. Oh, like yeah. when we did Josh and Todd, I'm just going to go back to that. Like yeah. we, we, um, it was like we have the, oh we have a record store and, and we have a bar and they go to jail. How are we going to pull this off? We don't own these things. We yeah. want to access these things. Fortunately, there's, there was a record store in Plainville called Books and Music. Yeah. And Jim, who co-directed the movie with me, he went in there to ask, can we shoot here? And fortunately, the guy who managed it went to high school with him. Oh, wow. And he was like, oh, hey, yeah, yeah, do it. So we had two days there. And Amanda's in one of the... Is in yeah, there yeah. For, she was there for two of the days. For the two days we shot there, I think. I think she was there for both days. And then she's in some of the scenes, so it was at least one of the days she was there. Yeah. And then... There was this bar, and um, there's a bar in Plainville called Central Cafe, and the previous owner, who was the owner at the time, his name is Ron, I was really friendly with. I was like one of the first customers in there when he opened the place. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I just went in there. I'm like, hey, you think we could shoot here? And he was like, anytime you want. Yeah. And so we went back three or four times, you know? Well, people are fans yeah. of film, And man. then with the police department, an email, Jim sent an email to a local police department. They asked us never say who they were. And they said, come in this morning. But they asked what the movie was about. And when they found out what it was about, when they, and the police chief himself responded, when he found out it wasn't like... They didn't go to jail for doing something cool. They went to jail for serving minors. They got busted for breaking the law. Yeah. So he was like, all right, cool. They got busted. Let's, he's like, his attitude was, you can be here this one day for these three hours. And if there's, and he is giving us the drunk tank on a Saturday morning. He's wow. like, and if there's somebody in there, you're out of luck. Yeah. And we got there and the, the two cops that were there were like, oh, you guys are the ones doing this. All right, just let us hose it down because they just gotten the last guy out. And they, wow. and they pretty much they chased the guy out of there. <laughs> and so you found like people were like, People Cops were just, for something? Yeah, they were like, great, do it. And then we shot outside the police department from a little bit of a distance. So you could see the police department. And, you know, cops were driving by, like, waving. Like, the whole town knew. So now it's, like, great when we, when, we, when we walk around that particular town and we still, like, shoot in that town. Yeah. Like, guerrilla filmmaking. We'll take the cameras out and the puppets out and just shoot stuff right out in the street. They just smile and wave. Like, they I, know who we are. What a kick out of that. It's that great. We, like, grew up in small town Connecticut and yeah. have puppets filming near you. Yeah, and this thing, like, people, a lot of times people just see the puppets, like, others oh, goofing off. Like, we've learned that, too. We've shot other places where, like, we went to the, the Hartford Convention Center, the new yeah. one in Hartford, where they do Connecticut and all that. Yeah. We went in the rooftop of the parking lot to shoot one of the episodes of Steve the Vampire up there. And we're like, they're going to kick us 
us out of here. We paid for parking, you know, like you have to do. Yeah. There was an event happening, some some like yoga and spiritual event. Oh, yeah. So we parked all the way on top. We were going to shoot anyways. There were no cars up there, thank goodness. Thank goodness. And then, but the security guard, he kept driving by us. And he's looking at us like, what the hell are these guys doing? What's this shit going on? You know, but he never would stop. And huh. just, because we had two puppets, three puppets out, four guys, five guys up there. Then finally he slowed down. He's like, what are you guys doing? I'm like, oh, we're just shooting a puppet movie. He goes, cool. And he goes, I, he's like, my shift ends in an hour. The other guy might not be as nice as me. And he left. And we were done 15 minutes later, oh, wow. which was great. He just ignored it. I think like, a part of it is because it's puppets. It's puppets. It's not just a movie. It's we a weren't up there getting movie. high or drinking. You you're know, being so, creative. And you, we weren't kids. I mean, yeah. I think the youngest one with us was 24, you know. So. And you got puppets. You have physical yeah. puppets. Right. Hey, up until today, that was the first time I've ever seen it when we walked into your, uh, your studio. Mm. First time I've ever seen a puppet in my entire oh, life cool. in person. Cool. I was just like, well, I had like a, before we're done, you have to play with some. Yeah. Oh my god! Wait, I hope we get a little free. photo shoot. I want to get oh, like, yeah, some photos. Get some photos. Yeah. Those are so cool. Thanks. And Johnny Sojive's in there. Todd's oh in the god. basement. It's Steve so... is in a bag. I mean, like I only saw that movie one time four years ago, but it's, it's still a little surreal seeing them. Yeah, so like <gasps> it's yeah, it's for, like the first time I ever saw a Muppet in person. Like not oh, like a guy yeah. in a Muppet suit like Sesame Street. Oh. Live. The first time I actually saw a Muppet in person. I had been building puppets for a couple years at that point. Seen some other famous puppets. But the first time I was in a room with with a Kermit. How did this and an happen, Ernie? Um, you know people who know people. You know, yeah. Like you got the, to go to the Henson Studio. I, uh, one of them. Yeah. Okay. So like you know some things you're not supposed to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> I, got, I got your back. Yeah. And I don't want to be yelling at me. So yeah. I but I, I actually had an Ernie on my hand, and Ernie was like my idol as a kid. Oh. Ernie and Kermit, Bert and Ernie and Kermit were. Oh like, my god! So putting an Ernie on was just like holding Robert it and Ducky. looking at it and just being like, hold this. And, and I expected them to be so much bigger. Are they tiny? No, they're big. I mean, they're yeah. big. I mean, Kermit's not very big, but Ernie's not. As, yeah. I expected Ernie to be so much bigger. He's still big. It's a very large puppet. But, you know, you, you see it on TV your whole life or on a movie screen, and then in person, it's, you're, you're definitely in awe. And there's this weirdness when they're just sitting there like a lump. And they're not talking. You know, they're not doing anything. They're not moving. It's, huh. it's like, you know, puppet coma. Yeah. <laughs> that would throw me off. I've heard yeah. stories like people going to work on Sesame Street, and they, like, they keep Big Bird like, just like hanging in yeah, Sesame stuff was hanging. Big I think Bird's it was body Conan O'Brien. Yeah, like Conan, who everything yeah. he's done his life turned out this way, and he's just get he just surreal by we Big have, Bird. Um, two of our puppeteers, Mike and Nick, joined us when we were finishing Steve the Vampire. Um, they came in the last two days of shooting. They came in as a friend of one of our other puppeteers, and they just wanted to check it out. Mike was really interested in puppetry. He was a big time, long time Muppet fan, and he wanted to be a puppeteer. Try it out. So he. Their friend asked if they could come. And I'm like, yeah, bring them down. Warn them, though. No one stands around in our sets. If you're here to check it out, we're going to make you hold a light or hold yeah, a puppet. Yeah. And they were both came like eager to do it. Yeah. And I think Mike had a similar experience. Like He walked in, and there was Steve the Vampire. And he'd watched all of our stuff on YouTube. And he walked in. I, I heard him whisper, that's, that's the puppet. That's Steve. Oh, my God, he has legs. Because you never saw the legs in any of the episodes. Oh, yeah. You're gonna see, and we were filming the first time you see his legs in the last couple episodes. We had the legs were there. And he was standing with his arms up. He's got an armature wire in his arms. And... And he was like, oh, my God, whispering about it. And I thought that was kind of cool. Oh, man. And that's the mug you have. So yes. that's a web series? Steve the Vampire? Steve the Vampire, yeah, Steve the Vampire is our, our, our web series. Probably our most popular How character. How do people find that? I'm going to have to uh, go back YouTube, and watch YouTube, just t- type in Elmwood Productions on yeah. YouTube. We're the only Elmwood Productions I'm aware of. And, or type in Elmwood Productions, Steve the Vampire. Yeah. And, you know, but we'll co- I mean, you go to ElmwoodProductions.com. The yeah. links are all right there on our website, the .com, Elmwood Productions. Yeah. One of the topics is last couple of episodes, I've had some people, like uh, someone who's like in school for television writing and so, another cool. person who was like in media productions and like, and the groundwork of uh, coming into age with the new landscape of new media. Yeah. But you started before new media I was did. new media. You, God, YouTube was new media for you. So how yeah. did that change the landscape for you? Um, YouTube hasn't been that successful for us. No. Honestly, because it's so flooded. Everyone yeah. wants that 30 second cat video. Mm. 
And you have a five minute episode of Steve the Vampire, and he's not this branded character like Kermit the Frog, yeah. or or Pokemon, or whatever it might be, whatever your whatever your thing is, you know, Simpsons, you know, like so. You, I mean, I think our our most excuse me viewed video is the first episode of Steve the Vampire. It's still under two thousand views. Yeah, but YouTube also only logs in the views that are on YouTube. That's true. That so we have it on shire. have it on Facebook. We have it on our blog. We have it on our website. It doesn't yeah. count those views. So who knows how many real views it actually has? That's true. But and and, and it's a but it's a great free venue to get your product out there, yeah. which is great. And um, and I was I was on a YouTube channel all night, so I know they're watching because I checked. I, I'm I'm like I said, I'm into the business of it. You know, yeah. like I check to see how many views we get. And, yeah, it so. is, and I know that YouTube doesn't. I just I was reading Split Slider, and it had a great article of how comedy studios make or internet videos make money. Yeah, it's not YouTube, and none of our videos are monetized. We do that on purpose. Okay, uh, the head is the first time we're asking people for money. Yeah, yeah we've done that on purpose. We didn't want to do that. I hate it when ads pop up; it drives me crazy. Yeah, you know, something we're gonna start doing next year is more of that. You know, because we're learning the value of getting paid for our work. You know, you deserve it. Yeah, thank there's, you. There's thank that. You. There's even that like weird thing. even the screening you were at for Josh and yeah. Todd. We um. We didn't make any money off of it. We no. made, the gallery did. That was why we part of we did it so the gallery could stay open. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't the, the art galleries don't make a lot of money. No, I was working at the art gallery as a resident artist, so I had space there and to keep it open. You got to make money for the gallery. And Elmwood could do whatever we want there to this day, which is great. The owner's name Sean. Yeah, we could just come and go as we please there and film That's stuff great. there. Like for Head, we shot a scene there. Like I just called him and I'm like, hey, I need a I need a diner scene. You have a cafe. Can we oh. use your cafe? And he was like, "Absolutely, you know that that's simple." So those little connections that kind yeah. of come back and, they, and help you out, absolutely. And not do anything for Sean because he's done so much for Elmwood, which is great. Yeah, if people live around here, go check that. Where is it? Plan- uh, Southington. It's Plantsville, Paris, Plantsville. It's part, of, oh, it's yeah, part of Southington. It's like there. a little suburb of uh, of Southington. Yeah, it's a cute place. Paris and Plantsville. And, uh, it's still there. It's still there. It's yeah, still, go check still, that they're place doing out. great, actually, which is awesome. Oh, that's really great. I'm yeah. such a fan of the art and arts. Thanks. thanks. And it's such. And a, we'll be screening. Actually, when Head is done, we're doing a premiere there. Yeah. So we're gonna do the I'm premiere. Sure there, like, Amanda will probably take the drive. I hope so. Yeah. I love coming. <laughs> my family lives here, so I always. I grew up in Meriden. Oh yeah. So you have a reason to come. I grew up in Elmwood, hence the name of the company. Oh, is that a town? Yeah. It's it's that's that's what's Elmwood? Yeah. I know that Elmwood is. If you live in West Hartford, yeah. you get that stigma of West Hartford people. Yeah. And West Hartford people have earned it. They deserve I it. I grew up in Elmwood, which is the other side of the tracks in West Hartford. Oh, the non-Hartford yeah, Hartford? Yeah, if, if you're in West Hartford and somebody goes, oh, you're from Elmwood? They're like, no, I'm from West Hartford. But yeah. if you're in West Hartford, somebody's from Elmwood, like, hell yeah, I'm from Elmwood. There's like, it's the bad side of the tracks it's of West the, Hartford. Like but it the, is part of West Hartford. The outsiders. Yeah. It's the a, greasers and the socials. Yeah. You know, and so I grew up in Elmwood and I'm proud of Elmwood. So you're a greaser. It's, yeah, that's Team the best greasers. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, I'm the bad kid, and that's Amanda, okay with me. She's from Wallenford, and they were more of the socials. But yeah. she, she was really a greaser. She hung art. out with the greasers. Yeah. Yeah, I could she, tell she hung out with me. So. She hung out with them. Yeah, she hung with all those weird Meriden kids. Yeah, we used to who loved punk rock way too much. Excellent, excellent. Amanda and I did some uh, righteous drinking together back in the yeah. day. Yeah, so. <laughs> now we're all old. I know. It's like oh, coffee's good, and yeah. Do you naps? want a coffee? Oh, coffee, great. Let me get. I'll get it for you. Big music guy. Spent years working in record stores and all that. That's how. That's where I met Russ and Jim, who are the other co-owners of Elmer. What Punches, record really. stores? Did you work at um, Waterbury that I used to go to? No. I started, my first record store was Strawberries when they were independent, uh, pre-Trans World, uh, by West Farms Mall, Corbin's Corner. Yep. Oh, God. Uh, there. Then from there, I went to Media Play. Uh, and they were like this big they were like the borders of music stores instead of being books it was music and video based but they had uh, books and video games and and stuff too then they it was part of music land that corporation Sam Goody Suncoast Media Play was the big version Suncoast oh my yeah, god and then I went to um, Record Express 
Where's that? Um, they were they were a small chain based in Connecticut. Yeah, they had one in Middletown, West Hartford, two was, in West Hartford, one in Hartford. Was it in that movie? Um, I need that. Movie. I need that record. Yeah. Did you see that? Uh, we screened it at Paris and Plantsville. I used to. Oh. I, I set up all the screenings there. Still, what? A, I only saw it because of Netflix, and then I saw it and I was like, wait a minute, that's Connecticut. Yeah, I knew Ian for years from working Ian. at Express. I still know Ian actually. I, I grew up by I Middletown. S- I see him constantly. He was so likable in that mm-hmm. movie. I, I feel he's like so likable in real life. I must have met him because I've gone to that place so yeah, many times. Yeah. Like, that was the last store in the chain, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, then when I left Record Express, I went back to Media Play, which was funny because they were trying to get me to come back and they offered me the right amount of money. Uh, money. And then I left Media Play and ended up at Borders. And I finished my years of record stores at the, in the Borders yeah. music department. I did a whole bunch of different shit at Borders, but most of my time was spent in the music department. So that scene in Josh and Todd in the record store was motion, very inspired that's by real. being at Borders. Yeah. And much like Kevin Smith talks about clerics is because yeah. he was a Oh, clerk. yeah. I, it's funny. We have this movie we haven't made yet called Good to Be Alive uh, that someday I hope to make. And yeah. uh, it's, it's a bigger picture, but uh, it's about working in retail. And it's about <laughs> like several of us have worked on parts of it. And yeah. every character, they're all a bunch of friends. They all work different retail jobs. Yeah. And the shit you go through. But it's more about, it's almost like a soap opera, but it's comedy. Yeah. You know? I didn't and, um, but yeah, I mean, Borders inspired a lot of what is Josh and Todd, but not the story itself. Do you feel that way when you meet someone who also worked in retail, like Automatic Brotherhood? Yes. Like, there's this definite, I know. definite kinship of, yeah, everyone's an asshole. It's not yeah. you. It's not you. It's everybody else. I know else. Not and it really is everybody else. Yeah. Getting a day off is like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I was about to say the F word, but a little kid went by, so that's being Those, nice. There's these two little kids that live upstairs from me. Do they love and, your apartment? Oh, they, they're always looking in the windows between the cats and the puppets. Oh, but gosh. I have um, in my studio. There's a door. There's windows over in my studio yeah. side, and they'll run over there and play on that side while mommy's not looking. Yeah. And all they do is go fuck, 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 because <laughs> they know they can get away because mom's not there. Yep. She's, I mean, she's the queen of the f bomb, I think. And uh, one day I'm sitting in the studio, I'm listening, I'm laughing, and I just leaned over and out the window and I had a puppet on my hands. I was working on one. And I just had the puppet look out the window and go, "I can hear you." And they both froze and ran away laughing. They were laughing, but they were like, oh, my God, an adult heard me. With The guy with the puppet heard me. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, they're, they're, they're cute kids. Kids though. are fun. Uh, well, I mean, kids love puppets. Yeah, and so fuck, do adults. Fuck, fuck, fuck. I, like, I think I went through this age where like you, um, all the stuff I liked as a child, I had to stop liking. And then I kind of came back. So I was like, no, I don't have it's to stop fun. liking things. Yeah, it's, I remember like being in like fourth or fifth grade and kids busting my chops because I still like the Muppets. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was 10. You're in fifth grade. You're 10 years old. So that would have been 1985. And there was this thing called the Muppet Show on tour. And it was like Sesame Street Live, guys in Muppet suits dancing around. And I wanted to go. And my mom was like, cool, I'll take you for your birthday. It was my 10th birthday. And I'm 10 years old, though. And I'm thinking, if anybody at school finds out, I'm going to get made fun of. But I just wanted to do it. And I knew yeah. it was a kiddie thing, but I thought it would be fun. It was mm-hmm. more about having fun. And my mom was like, yeah, we'll go. We'll take, you know, I'm sure the tickets weren't that expensive. It was the 80s or whatever. Yeah. And then a couple days before I went, I mentioned it to somebody in my classroom, one of my buddies. My buddy Tricky had been yeah, like, was in Tricky. that. That's how far back we go. It was fifth grade. Wow. Maybe it was even him. And a bunch of kids started making fun of me. And there was this kid in school named Dana. Dana was the biggest, blackest kid in school. Yeah. And he was in my class. And he sat next to me. And he just stood up. He goes, anybody got a problem with the Muppets and John? They got a problem with me. <laughs> and all of a sudden, the Muppets were cool. You know, and then I went that Sunday to see the Muppet Show live, and I saw almost like fifteen, twenty kids from yeah. my grade there. And it's like, screw you guys, you're making fun of me. The same ones making fun of me. Now you're saying, there. Yeah, and I think that's so true with you life. Know, like you were you, hiding what you liked, what you and, really liked. Yeah, like I was obsessed with The Simpsons, and still am. But yeah. like, there was an age where I just couldn't talk about it with anyone. But I was like, and yeah. then I found like, what we all still like that. We still like. Yeah, I went through that. Like, I never let the Muppets go. It's okay, which to is like kind of cool. Yeah, 
Like, that was like even a, in high school, yeah. man. I didn't really promote the whole Prince thing. I was in bands. I was a singer in rock bands. No way. Like, yeah, it was just something to do. I liked doing it. I was still doing the art and all that, but it was and I, I just, and like even with Elmwood, the characters sing every now and then, or they, and I do it. And there's another guy, Nick, with us who's a way better singer than me. But and Jim is a way better singer than me. But either way, like I was in bands, I never really brought the Muppet reference, Muppet stuff, or or even the Prince stuff. The Muppets, yeah. everyone knew I loved. I had all the VHSs and all that. I yeah. had no shame in that in some ways. But like Prince never mentioned. Then my, my junior year of high school. Came home from. I was having a bad day. I was going to quit the band. I remember that. They ended yeah. up firing me, which is funny. But <laughs> I was going to quit the band, but I didn't. And I got home, and Purple Rain was on TV. I'd never seen Purple Rain. Yeah. I was a huge Prince fan. And I was watching it, and I'm like, God, I need more Prince in my life. And then, like, the next day at school, I was telling everybody about Prince. I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. And Tricky, it was my. It was, he was like, dude, Prince is the bomb. And it was like, that's it. We're you know, allowed like, to like Prince, and now I mean Tricky's got a Prince tattoo, you know. Wow, like I got a Kermit tattoo, but like you know, that's pretty like, fucking cool. Yeah, we just uh, so and Prince never went away either. Like if I could never. do a movie with puppets and Prince and oh. maybe Axl Rose, I'd be that'd be perfect. You know, you Prince know? won't let you though because he's a dick. Oh, he well, unless he was involved somehow, you know. Yeah. And then he'd make it about Jehovah's Witness stuff. Like I don't think he's a J Dub anymore. Oh, he's not. I think he dropped that. Prince, I just he goes through these waves of everything. Yeah, though. I don't think he's a J Dub anymore. Because what is it? Even with Kevin, yeah, Smith, he talks it the first one where he talks about the recruitment film he was making. Yeah. yeah, I was um. Prince is fucking I wacky. Fucking love Kevin yeah. Smith. Oh man, I got I saw Clerks in '94 when it came out. A buddy of mine is from Jersey. He lives in Connecticut. His family's from Jersey, and he had gone to Jersey for something, and the theaters were showing it because it was released theatrically. Yeah, and in Jersey, people were going to see it, which it's was Clerks. Kind of, yeah, and he, some buddies were telling him about it. And he's from that area. His family's from that area, so he went to see Clerks. Came back and told me about it, and I'm like the fuck is this clerks thing you know yeah and i was getting into independent film at that point i was 19 yeah. 20 like in that era and um the day it came out on vhs i rented it yeah because i was like all right it's available i'm gonna go rent this now because he kept telling me i'd love it i'd love it i'd love it and it changed my life i was like all right i definitely can make movies that was like the key yeah when i was four years old i saw the muppet movie i'm like i want to make movies when i saw uh. popeye a year later well people actually make movies you uh-huh. know but it was clerks it was that that 94 that year clerks the crow pulp fiction yep those three movies made me go, I could fucking make movies. These guys are making movies. Yeah. And these, I mean, Crow is probably the biggest budget of the three, you know, obviously. But, like, I mean, I could, I could, and they were all Miramax films, which was funny, too. Yeah. Like, I was like, I could do this. I, these are all talky films, except for the Crow, but the other two, very talky movies. Yeah. How hard is that to do? You know, so, Clerks just kicked, and then I remember going to see Mallrats in the theater. Love Mallrats, yeah. And uh, there were three people in the theater, counting me. <laughs> The third person was this little old lady who we were convinced, me and my buddy went, were convinced, just went because it was a free ticket of some sort. Yeah. She was laughing harder than both of us. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. This movie. And then I went to Dragon Con the following year, and Kevin Smith was there in 96. Oh, and he still wasn't Kevin Smith. No. He was there promoting the VHS release of Mallrats, the Laserdisc. You know, yeah. Like, I don't think Chasing Amy, Chasing Amy came out in 97. It's a good movie, So too. he was like there to promote Mallrats and Clerks still, you know? And it's just funny how where he is now, which is great. He... Genius of someone who has just always been able to be on the fringe of pop culture, mm-hmm. our, our mainstream, and making the movies he makes. And then, like, if you don't like, if you know his movies, you know his movies. But if you like, yeah. I don't follow him intensely. But like, he has nine hundred, not literally, but he has an entire podcast network that yeah. he disappeared to, and then he came back to now. He made Walrus. And he's still making, yeah, he made well, Tusk and, and uh, Tusk, uh, yes. Red State a couple years ago too. And then he did um. Those, even with Kevin Smith, he's going yeah. on tour. Like he's one of those people. I like, saw one of those ones too, which is I cool. always yeah. want to go. Tricky took me for my birthday a few years ago. Oh, yeah. was it? Hartford? Yeah. Oh, my the God. was really cool. He's just, like, such a smart... He's always, like, two steps ahead of the curve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, if you don't... If you're just a casual fan, like... That's why I tell me a lot of people miss yeah. out and, like, don't get the Kevin Smith movies, and I'm always like, well, because he doesn't give it to you. 
You know, like a lot of films now, they, they spell everything out for you as you go. Yeah. Like, because they assume the audience is as dumb as can be. Yeah. So the movie tells you everything. Or Kevin Smith leaves some stuff for you to still think about. Tarantino does that too. Yeah. Um, you know, like, so Robert Rodriguez, they leave things open for you to yeah. think about afterwards. And even clerics, I mean, the movie was very, you know, this is your story. This is what it is. But at the end, you're like, I wonder what's going to happen next to Randall and Dante. And we see Clerks and thank too. God, t- t- thank God 12 years later, they made Clerks too because I needed that. Yeah. And I loved it. I actually like it more than Clerks. I mean, it's not, I mean, it doesn't too. have the charm that Clerks has. It can't. Because you can't do that twice. Because he's not the same person. Yeah, he's, he's the first to tell you. He's like, you, I'm not that guy. You can't guy. spend $30,000 and make a movie like Clerks 2. Yeah. And have it be that charming. It would just look cheap. And the guy behind Kevin Smith, who I love, Mosier. Kevin Smith, uh, Scott Mosier. Yeah. yeah, they have like I mean, Kevin yeah, I got to pimp uh, somebody real quick. I'm yeah. my own personal Scott Mosier. He's my new producer. Yeah, I produced everything so far, pretty much with Russ and Jim. We've produced, you know, as a group. Tricky has done some producing too. Uh, for Head, we have this guy named Rick Passmore. He's going to hear this in a faint. He's Thank you for listening, much, Rick. Yeah, Rick. Yeah, Ricky. He's producing Head. And from here on out, I'm going to probably be using him as my producer. As long as he wants to stick around Connecticut, I'm going to keep bugging him yeah. to produce for me. Because I've never felt more on point than I do with Head. Because yeah. I mean, I've I produced myself too, which is good. At the same time, though, the producer has to keep the director in line. The director has to keep the producer in line. Yeah. But if both want to be lazy for a day. Which is fun to do because there's Netflix. But when you're one guy, it's yeah. easy to do. You know, so <laughs> yeah. he keeps me in check. I keep him in check. And it's, it's been going really good. And I love the guy. He's such a sweetheart. It's a marriage, right? Ladies. Rick Passmore. He's single. Passmore. Oh, and yeah. handsome. And <laughs> but like, it's, so like it you, is a marriage. Yeah. You did the band thing. So do you see the... There must be connections hmm. of the band thing to a producer, With director. and producing and puppetry. I, I, puppetry and music have so much in common because there's this... You have a group of people creating one thing to a common performance. We have two actors on the screen. They don't necessarily have to move together mm-hmm. and be together because they're going to cut to Brad Pitt's close-up. Yeah. They're going to cut to you know, what, you know everything. And we're puppets. No matter what you're doing, everyone has to relate. Everyone has to move. It's like yeah. being... I think Frank Oswald said it's like being in a, a great jazz group. Everyone has yeah. to be on top of each yeah. other and Frankie. be ready for the beats because every time it has to be almost the same, if not exactly the same. And you have to have this rhythm and this chemistry, which bands have. A good band will have. Aerosmith yeah. has, even though they're the biggest... <laughs> Mediocre, mediocre band. band ever. I like. I have some Aerosmith records. And, <laughs> I like them too. Yeah, but they are like they're like ACDC. They keep doing the same thing. Yeah. And when they find a pocket, like in the '90s pocket they had, where every album sounded exactly the same, but they kept having number one. Yeah. Records, there's a reason for that. Foo Fighters. You know, I love Foo Fighters too. Though I'm yeah. not making fun of them. No. Best thing that happened to Nirvana was the Foo Fighters. I'm sorry. I'm not. Oh. I was never a big Nirvana fan. I like Nirvana kind of cool, a, a good amount, but Foo yeah. Fighters. Foo Fighters great. Them. Yeah. I'm, I'm a Dave Grohl fan. Well, I mean, I they had fucking members of Sunny Day Real Estate yeah. and uh, Dave Grohl from Nirvana. Right. And then those dudes from Sunny Day still play. And me first in the gimme gimme yeah. so fucking fat Mike for no effects lag wagon love me first. sorry did I just no go effects. too far yeah. I'm a fucking late two th- early 2000 late 90s punk obsession cool. excellent like that's how Amanda and I oh, and our when group I of managed friends. the record express in East Hartford we built a punk section there, oh. and that was 1999 oh my god so, and it was like huge like that no store had a punk section we were think. so like, into the punk scene yeah. in this area like nice well me and Amanda used and our, our, fr- our friends would always hang out this coffee house called Planet Bean which oh, later yeah. closed down it was in Wallingford but then American Legions and mm-hmm. all the Knights bands of Columbus. Yeah. Uh, actually, did you ever know the Flaming Tsunamis at all? I know the name. Uh, I'm interviewing Andy from TFT next week. Oh, cool. And, um, Have fun with that, man. I, cool. Eventually, I want to get Mark from Manic Productions because I booked a Ooh. show with him once before we Manic, started Manic, years Manic, ago. Manic, 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 they do Manic. everything in Connecticut. I want to say they bugged me to do like a video for a band and oh, then man. I never heard back from them. I have no idea. But yeah. I, I, could, I could be thinking of somebody else. I could. I, we've done a bunch of music videos too yeah. for people. So it's like with puppets and everything. But My new like 
outlook for the show is uh, to like start tapping into more of the creative and artistry people. This is one of the first I'll of many. You a list of people. Oh, please, <laughs> please, yeah. I love coming. To, I yeah. love this area. It's uh, you, you have no idea. Like two or three in a day would make your life so much easier. I bet too. You know? Yeah, like, I did three once. Uh, yeah. Three weeks ago, I did three in three days. And I didn't do anything for a month. Yeah, because I put up one a week, and then I'm yeah, like, there you go. Cool. Maybe, maybe I'm you schedule three or four in one day. You're good. You oh, know? that's like my yeah. goal. Awesome. I have like a job and stuff. Yeah, yeah like you. You gotta have a job. I mean, your your work's a lot more. Mine's just talking. Yeah, a little tech. Well, Yours is harder. It's still tech, though. With the tech, you have to do the edit. Yeah, and, yeah, You know, get up there. It's not easy. You know, but it's fun. Even when you blast. hate, when you hate doing films, do you hate it? No, you. Know, I, there's some aspects of it that I hate sometimes. The organization of it. Oh god. Um, especially when you do it the way we do it, guerrilla filmmaking. It's so easy for someone to be like, yeah, I don't feel like doing it now, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, and getting like, people on board. We, we lost a location a few weeks ago that we had scheduled for like weeks. Mm. And then, like, you know, it was private property and this and that. And all of a sudden, the person's like, yep, can't do it now. And this is two days before it was a shoot. Thank God we have, like, we have a backlog of short films we want to do. Yeah. So everyone had the time. All the puppeteers had the time set off from their day jobs and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, all right, you know what? We're still going to do stuff. We're not going to, I'm not letting you guys down. Yeah. So now I had 48 hours to scramble to get this other stuff ready, which didn't, didn't hurt. We, and we did some great work. But those so oh shit moments can make, um, can make did, something great. Too. Did you watch Breaking Bad? I've watched a couple episodes. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't have cable. I haven't had cable in either. I mean, 12 years. years oh, okay. And, and I, I'm grateful for it. I've been more creative without it, but I oh, love okay. Netflix. I, yeah. I, I watch a lot of stuff on the internet. I don't lie about that. I do spend a lot of time watching yeah, my yeah. television. Me I too. Still I watch just, television. I me yeah. too. But, uh, I was listening to Vince Gilligan talk and that show had a lot of oh shit moments yeah. that no one ever thought of so in my head I, know, I think I saw him in the writer's room and I've heard him mm-hmm. on numerous podcasts cool. talking about how like some of those oh shit moments where he gets all this uh, praise or criticism it's just like a location fell through yep. an actor got another job yep. uh, stuff that when we were doing Steve the Vampire yeah. our we have, there's a character named Ophelia in it uh, it's become Steve's girlfriend okay. another vampire yeah and uh, we shot an episode and parts of another episode with one puppeteer yeah and then she flaked out I mean I yeah. love her to death I'd still work with her again but she she flaked she, you know, it, it, she does um, live action role playing and things like that and she decided <laughs> that play, doing the game that weekend was more important than, this, than the, yeah. the, the shoot we scheduled around her schedule in the first place so I was kind of pissed it's hard when you're in control I'm like we someone, planned yeah. this months ago and now yeah. around your schedule and now you're going to go do this game our Come generation's on. the worst I was like you're done you're done and yeah. so literally the day before I had a friend of a friend who was very interested in puppetry kept bugging me I want to help you guys out so I just I, it was my girlfriend's friend and I, so I text my girlfriend like hey see if she's free this weekend yeah she's like alright so she checked and she's like yeah so she came in and we just I right, just want to play this part I can't promise it'll be your voice I can't because I don't know what we're going to do but because like, half an episode yeah. was filmed with her like, and so she came in she did two or three more episodes and then she moved out of state yeah now we have the whole oh shit! It's we're gonna pre- then we decide we're gonna premiere Steve the Vampire. We're gonna shoot the last episode yeah. and a half and premiere the series, but this puppet's voice changes mid episode. Yeah. Oh shit! What do we do? It's one of those oh shit moments. And I was working at a day job and there was this girl that worked there, and she said something to me and I'm like, oh my god, that's the voice we should be using for that puppet. Oh. And I'm like, would you mind? Do you are you? And she was like, would I mind? I was hoping you'd ask me someday. Yeah. So we brought her in like a week before the premiere and had her dub the whole show. Wow. All the characters. And, 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 and now if we do more, we're going to have her come back and puppeteer yeah. for that character. And, but, and I felt bad for the two puppeteers because neither of them got their voices heard. Yeah. Thankfully, the girl who took over, her name is Rachel. Yeah. When Rachel Lee, when Rachel took over, we, she stuck around long enough to do the, a series we have called Gamers. And she did the whole series. Before yeah. she, we found out she was moving. So we finished the whole season one before she left. So we'd make sure that she got that role that she was wow. doing in it, which was kind of cool of us. And that was no shit moment to it. You're moving in three weeks. 
fuck, we got to finish filming this now for you. Where does your drive come from for all this stuff? Because you're not making I don't want to let myself down, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you've seen The Muppet Movie, the original one? 1970. Oh, I actually watched it recently. Excellent. Kermit has that speech to himself. I never yep. promised anyone. No, it's not. I promised me. And I promised me years ago I wouldn't. You know, I wouldn't stop. Is it weird that I can cry right now when you just said that? that no. You just talked about a every time I, I like, see it. That's so beautiful. Every time I see it, I choke up. Every, every time. time. I bought, when the Blu-ray oh. came out last summer, I sat here and watched it with Mike, who's our lead puppeteer, Mike oh Finland. My God. And him and I both looked at each other. We both had the welled up eyes. And we're like, you're Kermit. a pussy. No, you're a pussy. You know yeah. that? Fucking you know, Kermit. Every time. Yeah, there's, there's a, you know, it's funny we talk about puppetry before. What is it about puppets? There's a power to puppets that oh, yeah. actors don't always have. You know, like you watch Muppet Christmas Carol when Kermit gives a speech about Tiny Tim being dead. Oh, my God. Everyone in the theater is bawling. Yep. You know, but if it was, um, if it was, you know, if it was some actor, I'm trying to think of an actor name. If it was, you know, Ben Affleck, you might not tear up. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying Ben Affleck's a bad actor. I'm all Uh, for him as Batman. Depends on the movies. (laughs) I'm all for Batman. Yeah, I hope that's good. Like, you know, like, but... I don't think he could pull that off. Kermit the Frog pulled it off. Steve yeah. Whitmire pulled it off. I'm going to give the puppeteer a lot of credit for okay. that. Wow, you that. go deep. Oh, yeah. He earned that. I mean, that was his first full performance as Kermit the Frog, you and, know, and he nailed it. And puppeteer, it's very physical, right? Oh, yeah. You're not just, I mean, the arm is over your head. Yeah. Hours and hours and hours at a time. Then you have your other arm moving arm rods mm-hmm. or doing the other hand. Yeah, so how, yeah let's talk how the mechanics of puppeteering um, work because I just, you know, I watch them, love you know, them, and then I stop. You'll see the rods sticking out of the hands a lot of times. Yeah. That's what they call an arm rod. Are there people above sometimes? No, it's almost never they above. It's always below. Okay. If there's a wide shot, you can see the legs and things like that. Muppets will replace puppets with marionettes sometimes. Or okay. Or a lot of people above to move the arms. But generally, it's a hand puppet. Yeah. Um, the bike riding scenes are a whole other world. You know, like that whole... Oh, the, the Muppets take my hand. Yeah. You know, Kermit rides the bike and then they ride the bike as a group. They're, that's a lot of marionette and camera tricks, which is awesome. Yeah. You know, um... But the, the mechanics of a puppet is it's it's just your shoulder is going to fall off. You know, <laughs> I can't even imagine. And, and like we shot last last week was it? No, oh my god, was it? No, it was two weeks ago. We shot a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, I was actually shot here in this kitchen. We shot some scenes for something, and I was laying on a storage bin under a table with my arm cocked all the wrong way. And when I got up, I couldn't feel my arm, and I, I didn't oh move. My god. Really so it's for physical. Two hours. It's you a physical art form. Oh, yeah. It's definitely you know, yoga helps, you know, exercise yeah. helps, stretching helps. You know, it's 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 like dancing. In a lot yeah, of ways, but you're okay. dancing with your upper body only. You know, <laughs> so you have to act and then be physically uncomfortable, which I hate. Yeah, being. and you have to do your whole acting is through your arm too. Yeah, you know, like your voice and your arm. Or an actor can use every part of their body. to yeah. act. we've had actors come in and puppeteer for us, and they have the puppet in their hand, and their whole body's moving, but the puppet's that's just kind of yeah, flopping that's hard around. To. It's like no, no, you got to channel it through your arm. You and have a very expressive face. Do you think that is part? Like, do you channel I, that it's into the same thing with animation voices? Uh-huh. Do you watch those? An, you ever watch like an, somebody do voices? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Their whole face is changing. The same thing happened with puppeteers. It's all your fo- every time I do a different voice, my my face looks different. I'm sure. Yeah, that's so cool. And, and like, there's one character Johnny Sojev that I do. Whenever I'm done, there's just tears running down my face because it's all right here. It's yeah. all and, and you know the voices in the back of the throat and up in the nasal cavity. So I'm just crying by the time I'm done. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's just funny. Like I've seen video of me doing the character for like four minutes straight. Wow. Like, somebody filmed me and yeah. you just see the tears going down after three minutes and, I'm, and it's funny because it's not like yeah. I'm not in pain or anything it's just oh, where, wow. where the voice comes from yeah like we do a lot of live shows with him he does a lot of stand-up wow. comedy like with burlesque really? shows and things like that. around here yeah where do you guys yeah. play uh, we were doing thing at the Soldier theater club we did two or two burlesque shows there yeah he just did stand-up at gen con 
Oh, cool. Which what was, was that? really cool. It went really well. Indiana, it's a big gaming convention. You, got, you traveled out there yeah, for Yeah, we went out there. With, uh, Gamers, our web series, was doing a screening there. Wow. So we're like, well, let's just go out there. Then we found out they were, and then they do a whole puppetry thing there. Mm. And they were doing a puppet slam, and they asked us if we had anything for it. And I'm like, well, we can come up with something. So you've got to travel because of yeah. the album? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. like the dream for this. It's so, like, just yeah. travel. I mean, we didn't get paid to be there. But you got to go to well, fucking somewhere you've never got, been. Yeah, we went to, went to Gen Con, which I never would have gone to because I'm not a gamer. I yeah. never would have fucking gone to Gen Con. And I went there, and we were treated with open arms. Yeah. You know, we thought three people would come to our screening. We had 30. Wow. We asked for a small room. They gave us 250-seat room. So <laughs> oh we're like, God. we're not going to fill that. If we did, I would have fainted. Yeah. But then we did the puppet slam. And I didn't think anybody was going to do a puppet slam at 11 o'clock at night on a Friday. In Indiana. At a gaming convention in Indiana. It's a gaming <laughs> convention. And it was a sold-out house. They were turning people away. So You must have felt like a fucking rock star. I did, man. And Johnny was right in the middle, which was cool. And everyone else was skits. Everyone had a skit where Johnny yeah. came up and did stand-up and made fun of gamers <laughs> and the whole geek community, essentially. But and a people, person couldn't do that there. No, only a puppet. Right. And everyone loved it. Like He was like, I see all these people in costumes and... and you know, like uh, maybe I'll dress up next year. These are my ideas. Cheer for the ones you like. And one yeah. of them was Hervé Villachez. It was complete silence. And somebody goes, who? I'm like, you don't know. And somebody else, tattoo from Fantasy Island. He goes, yeah. And hopefully he's blue. He's a little short puppet, you know? And then finally, Doctor Who is big right now in the geek community. Yeah, yeah. My really wife's big. obsessed. You know, and he's like, and I think maybe my last option would be Doctor Who gives a shit. <laughs> and the place blew up. Because it was kind of him making fun of that he could give a fuck about gaming and gaming. Yeah. That's the character, too. Just part of Johnny. He's like this apathetic alcoholic. Yeah. Are you, you a fellow comedy geek? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've become really super, super cool. early into it. I, I love comedy. I don't like watching lots of stand up, but I love watching skits and like Skit, yeah. funny things on the internet and like. Uh, yeah. And the Johnny podcast. bit is on our YouTube page, too. I'm what he did at Gen Con is on YouTube. And somebody else YouTube filmed today. it and posted it, too, and they did a better job. Than we did. Oh, that's even somebody filmed their iPhone. They were closer, and yeah. I, found, I just found it when I was searching Johnny Soto on YouTube. So I'm like, oh my god, somebody else awesome. filmed us. That's awesome. We're getting bootlegged. <laughs> yeah, that's gotta be like a weird little. It's a cool feeling. Moment. You're like, huh? I went to Indiana. Like, you live here. I'm sure complete anonymity. And then you went to Indiana in this place for some reason. You're like almost famous. Almost, for, almost famous. Yeah. Like, when it, afterwards, we're walking on. Everyone's like, let's go. Get, I want to buy you a drink. I'm like, I gotta go to bed. You know, I've been up yeah. since four in the morning. I gotta go to bed. You know, like, I, I have a, a cousin who was in. Um, she was in a band called Unwound, which was not very big. In the states, but they do like tours of Sonic Youth, and oh, like, cool. and now she plays like a Corinne Tucker band and stuff. Oh, which is much older from Sutter County. And but then like, they would travel the world, and, and people would know they sold were. out shows, yeah. and like, huh? I live in this city that no one knows who like, I am. And after the uh, Josh and Todd premiere, the one you were at, I went yeah. to the Starbucks here in Plainville. Like two or three weeks later, I'm getting a coffee, and a girl walks up. She's pouring her sugar next to me. She just keeps looking at me. And I'm like, how you doing? Just being friendly, like I do. I'm like, how you doing? She goes, Are you that guy? And I'm like. Yes. What guy? Like, I don't know. Am I? I think is what I said. And she's like, Paris and Plantsville? I'm like, yeah, I, I, I'm a resident artist there. She goes, no, no, no. You're the puppet guy. And I'm like, yeah, that's me. She's like, oh, my God. She grabs a napkin. She goes, can you autograph this? I'm like, that's so weird. Sure. You know, <laughs> like, I'll be happy to. She's like, were you the puppet? I'm like, yeah, I was Todd. She goes, oh, my God. That's she, so she was at the screening. Cool. Yeah, she was at the screening. So was, and I didn't recognize her, which was kind of cool. Like that, which was great because that means there were people there that we didn't know. That's know? gotta be. A few, I, I didn't that, know you at yeah, all. Yeah, I've yeah never but you knew someone who was in the movie, which is cool. There were yeah. people there who didn't know. They saw it online. Yeah. Oh wow. Know? There was this website. I don't even. Know, I. I th- it's it's a blog in Connecticut. It's um uh, CT Scenics. I don't think they've posted the blog in like uh, anything to the blog in a year. Or yeah. So, but they for whatever reason they jumped on the Josh and Todd premiere there and wow. put it on their blog. Like this is something to do in Connecticut this weekend. Puppets. Cool. Oh, cool. So they like the girls who run the blog came. 
and I think they just brought a ton of people with them, which was cool. Yeah. And they still follow us. They've been like all of our screenings. They're you, just, adorable. you never know where people are going to find yeah. you. I mean, like Amanda met her fiance, Jeff, yeah. from us hanging out at shitty, uh, shitty shows, shitty shows Folly yeah. all the time. And yeah. Then, Jeff's band. Then the band breaks up, and then yeah. they, which is adorable. Which is, I actually, I had John, the singer of Folly, on the show too, which oh, cool, was like, that cool. was like a big moment. That was really fun. Mm. But um, we talk about like how him and all those dudes, like, same thing, they, but they except you probably handle getting asked an autograph much more. Like, oh, that's really great. They're like really awkward about it. Oh, like, really? Uh, I was kind of. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, sure, uh, great. But you know, you know who my did. band is? I mean, I know I put all this hard work and tore my life yeah. into it. But why are you talking you to me? You actually know? Yeah, yeah. It's I, if it was like six months later, and she's like, "You're that guy," I'm like, "Creepy," you know. But because it was like two weeks later, I'm like, "All right." And then and Jeff are just that's just their personality. And I'm bald and bearded. And, yeah, you know, like you got a little Joss Whedon look, which is hip and cool thank now. You. Thank you. <laughs> he's doing the Avengers. Right. Right. But. I liked him better before. No, I like the Avengers. I like the Avengers plenty. I actually you see Guardians. I keep I asking. Ha- I have. I liked it. I really liked my it favorite part was the very end after the credits because my the favorite gr- Marvel Howard character ever. Yes. Yeah. For years, I was telling the other oh my guys, I'm like, we're gonna make a Howard the Duck movie. We're gonna make a Howard the Duck. Just a running joke. We're gonna make a real Howard the Duck. Movie. I don't think you can now because Disney well, owns it. But that was the running joke. Even even Lucasfilm would never let anybody remake it. Yeah. Either, I'm sure. And Marvel didn't probably didn't want anybody to make one. I kept running, the running joke was we're gonna do it. We're in, it's Howard gonna be a puppet for real. It's gonna be this. It was just a running joke we had. And then when Lucasfilm got bought, because first it was Muppets, yeah. then Marvel, I then know. Lucasfilm. And when all three got put together, I'm like, there's no chance of us ever doing a Howard the Duck movie. That sucks. Or anything you know? ever. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- um, I think his son, Jim, is running um, Henson now. Uh, Jim Henson's son, uh, is it Brian? Brian? Yeah, his, one of his sons, I think Cheryl and Brian run it together. Yeah. The son, the son and they daughter. were on Nerdist, which was a yeah. great podcast. But he, they have nothing to do with the Muppets anymore. The, 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 the Muppets two? themselves yeah. have nothing to do with the Henson Company where they sold it to Disney in 2004. Yeah. Oh, what does the Muppet do, uh, Henson do now, though? Uh, they, they, they own everything else. So they Henson did um, a Ben Frag- Fold video of Fraggle yeah, Rock. Frag- they own the Fraggles. They own Dinosaurs. Yeah. They own... Which Dinosaurs is on DVD eventually, yep. which is yeah. great. And I think it's still on Netflix, too, I think. It was. Yeah. It's still I book. actually own the DVD. Yeah. I, I just bought... Funny, I found a, another record store was going out of business in Torrington, and they had the complete Fraggle Rock box set on sale for 20 bucks. Oh, that's a good purchase. I was like, 20 bucks. Yes, I will buy that. I had season one and never brought the season I kept putting it off I'm like does it get better I have to try yeah it's a it, it's a cute fun kids it's still a kid show definitely but, yeah yeah you know, I'm slowly making my way through the whole sh- series yeah for all these years but uh, the Henson family owns they have the doozers uh, Sid yeah, the science kid yeah they do all they, uh, Dark Crystal and Labyrinth did you like them yeah they still do have own all that I think it would be a shame if we didn't talk Muppet movies yes because there's some great ones and some terrible ones yeah you know what's funny I always say there's, it's like it's it's like Prince albums Muppet movies are like Prince albums there's not a bad one but there's varying levels of just okay and amazing. Yeah. There's only one, in my mind, there's only one bad Muppet movie. That's Muppet Wizard of Oz. I don't even know if I ever saw Wait, is that? With it was a, a TV movie. A black yeah, with the version Shanting. of. Yeah. Oh, oh, that's a very recent one. Yeah, then. it's very. Uh, it was a sh- um, you know, I was just thinking of the Wiz. Yes, yeah. I was. It was a Shante, Queen Latifah, David Allen Greer, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, who was a Muppet from Space, plays, the, plays Oz, which was kind of cool. But all those people, minus a shot. No, I, I'm only lying, like a Shante. Yeah. Like, well, I don't know. The, it's funny how that could work where you can have all these great actors and everything yeah. involved and just. You know what? It was, a, work. it was the first thing Disney did when they bought the Muppets. Yeah, they didn't know. And I don't think they knew what they were really doing yet. Yeah. And I, th- and it, I think they wanted to continue the whole Muppet Christmas Carol, Muppet Treasure Island, the classic book thing. Treasure Maybe Island round that was, out. And was that good, Oz. Treasure Island? I don't remember I that. I like Treasure Island. It's, out of the theatrical films, it's my least favorite. Space is bad, right? I actually enjoyed Muppets from Space. I can't remember. It's it got a, a bad rap because it wasn't a musical. It was the first Muppet movie that yeah. was a straight comedy. And and it gives away where Gonzo's from. I think people didn't like that. I thought yeah. that was cool. I always thought it was an alien anyway. So that kind of validated oh, yeah. it, you know, for me. I did Muppet Babies as a kid. I was thinking of that. Yeah, Muppet Babies. But like the only bad movie I think they made was was Muppet 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 Most Wanted. 
Muppets Wizard of Oz. Uh, Most Wanted was. Eh. I liked Most Wanted. I was. It felt more like a Jim Henson Muppet movie than it did yeah, the, the other. Was, it was had that had that adventure element that, yeah. was, that Jim Henson did with Great Muppet Caper. I saw it twice. Was. The first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, that was cool." Then I went a second time to see it, and I walked out going, "That was awesome!" Like it was one of those. It took a second yeah. viewing for me too, though. We had a my favorite one's still the original. Yeah, I had a four year. I used to have a four year old who lived above us, and we were and her mother, obviously, and we were we were friends with her. The mother she was just so advanced at yeah. living alone. <laughs> and so little days used There's to come. A movie. She'd always come down and like visit us and hang out, and she oh, always cool. want to watch stuff. And she always watch, you know kids watch stupid shit. Yeah. So eventually, I finally forced got her to coerced her to watch uh, a Muppet movie. the the nineteen seventy nine original Muppet the original, movie, the best one. Still. Thinking I was like she's not gonna like it. it's from the seventies, yeah. and I don't think I remembered seeing that. I don't even know if I saw it as a kid. I really. I remember Muppets Takes Manhattan more than anything. That was 84. It was five years later. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't know if I even saw it. But I, I just saw that two months ago in the theater again. Where? In New, New York, there's a place called the Museum of the Moving Image. And oh. every month they run a different Henson thing. They have a Henson. Cu- they Hold have a on. Thing I'm, with, I'm writing that down right yeah, now. Yeah. Go for it. It's, a, I, it's Every month they do a different Henson event. And starting and next year they're opening a Henson Museum there. Museum of what? Moving Image. I will be going there. I go to New York as much as I can. Yeah. It's My in Queens. Oh, yeah. oh wow! Yeah, actually, it's awesome. The place is wonderful. I have some interviews set up in uh, Astoria. Oh, cool. There you go. Yeah, it's and in Astoria actually. It's oh. in the Astoria part of Queens. Okay. Do you know where the Frank Sinatra School is? No, I don't oh, know. It's Queens right across well. the street from there. All right, I have uh, my my in laws live in uh, New Jersey, like oh, okay. outside New York. Cool. So I'm always trying to go down there. But uh, they they just showed him up at Muppet Manhattan. Tricky, my my best friend. It was his birthday in oh. August, so he was like, "I want to go see this movie. Let's go." I'm like, "I have a membership. We'll get in free." So we went, and it was oh, awesome. I love seeing so, a movie in the theater. And it was cool. It was a brand new digital print, which was really cool. So it was like. Beautiful. That movie is just fucking. It's probably the same print they use for the Blu-ray. You know, yeah, but it looked yeah. great. Um, but the Muppet movie, yeah, you were saying you just oh, so yeah. watching the '79 one, possibly for the first time, maybe not. I don't yeah. remember. I was blown away how much I loved it. I was blown away how much a four-year-old just like that's how old I was when it came out. Took yeah. it and like, and because because it's puppets, not digital, not a, right. It looked fucking. T- Steve Martin was in it. Steve Martin, um, I mean, the, 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 Who's the, the guy who rows in the boat in the very beginning? Oh, Dom DeLuise. Dom fucking yeah. DeLuise is Steve in Martin, it. Uh, Madeline Kahn. Yeah. Hi, kitty. There's Ripper. Hi. You're a big, you're He's a big, a big kitty. Boy. He's a friendly one, too. Hi. So I also am obsessed with cats. Cool. Me too. Uh, Animal Behavior, our web series, is all about my two cats. The, oh, one, that's, with the match in his hand, that's Ripper. That's so cool. <laughs> Hi. That's Ripper. Uh, I call our little, my studio slash my bedroom. Yeah. The cat cave. The cat cave, yeah. My nice. cat always interrupts her podcast and she jumps on the table and oh, stuff. Oh, nice. Yeah, he'll probably be in the chair in a few minutes if he, if he feels like... Oh, but yeah, like, so the 79 yeah. Muppet movie, yeah. brilliant fucking yeah. story. You know, the guy that directed it directed a majority of the Monkees episodes. No. Yeah, that's how he got the gig. Because oh. Jim Henson's like, if he can handle that... You yeah, can make a Muppet movie. The nuts behind the yeah. monkeys. Yeah. Oh so. my god, I fuck it. That movie was just—it's brilliant. Yeah, it, it was, was like so. It was four years old when it came out, and that was when I was like, I want to be a puppeteer. That was the movie that did it for me. That was when, four years old. I'm like, I want to. People get paid. I realized at that point that's somebody's job. At four, you watching like, it on uh, TV was one thing. Going to the movie theater and seeing my dad put money out. Yeah, go see this movie. I was like, people get paid, paid for, for this. That? It's time to. You know, it took me years to re- get back there. I tried a million yeah. other things, but took, finally, I was like, that's really what I wanted. to do. The 79 movie, I, I think it might be my favorite. That's my favorite. It of really, the really, films. really is. I love, I, lo- I love the music in the Muppets. Yeah. I remember watching... Paul Williams uh, wrote the music for the first Paul one. Paul Williams. I'm a huge Great Paul on Williams the Nerdist. Fan. Yes. I'm a huge fan of his... I, actually, I have like two or three of his albums. Yeah. I have, he did uh, Christmas Carol also. Yep. And the last TV special did Letters to Santa. He co-wrote the screenplay and oh, did all the music for it. Which big was, drug addict, too. What, for a while. His, yeah. Have you seen a documentary? No. It's, I just got Showtime Anytime. Okay. That someone gave me. I didn't pay for it. And cool. I'm going to watch that. It's good. I think it's Paul Williams is still alive. Still alive, yeah. Or Paul Williams is not... Oh, Paul Williams is still alive. Paul Williams, yeah. It's, um, it's good. 
I was a little disappointed because there's so much of his career they didn't touch on because the guy who made it was so obsessed with the fact that he disappeared and drugs and all that. Um, and even until Paul Williams at tough points is in, it's like, dude, can we just move on from this? And like, yeah. it, but it's a warts and all documentary about the, it's more about the guy making yeah. a documentary than it is about Paul Williams at times, about his obsession with Paul Williams, which is kind of cool. Oh, that's cool. Do yourself the favor and type his name into iTunes and listen to his Nerdist. Yeah, uh, I will. I think okay. he's on twice, but he shows this really funny story where he's with whoever his writing partner is writing The Rainbow Connection. Yeah, and Kenny he Asher. Couldn't, he couldn't. Oh, I love that you know all this. Oh like, yeah, I, you're so much fun. <laughs> uh, he couldn't get the lyric right. He's like, and he's like, oh, a connection with rainbows, a connection with rainbows. I yeah. just and his wife like chimed in in the basement. She's like, honey, what are you doing? He's like, I'm trying to write a song about connections and rainbows. She goes, she couldn't hear him. She goes, a rainbow connection, and he's like, that's, that's the song. <laughs> and that's how the '79 the, the theme song. Hee, yeah, hee. yeah, that's awesome. Oh my god, that scene and. My God! Yeah, that movie is. I love that movie. I love the big, big, big Muppet movie. The big guy, Sweetums. Sweetums. Okay, yeah. Um, I love him. I love he's always chasing the car. Oh yeah, and they brought and, uh, that back in the Muppets in the yeah. 2011 movie. I thought that was great. They threw back to that. Is enough if I didn't love Jason Segel from like Freaks and Geeks yeah. and uh, How I Met Your Mother I, and Him Yeah, except that last Marshall season. I, yeah. Well, uh-huh. I didn't. Wa- I haven't seen it since the third season. I think because I stopped. I, I, like, yeah. I didn't have. I didn't even have an antenna for my TV for oh, like yeah. five years. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch last season either. But um, and what else? Freaks and Geeks. Sorry, from Cheryl Marshall, but yeah. a great guy. A uh, huge Muppet fan. Yeah. So is Neil Patrick Harris. I yeah. found out. He, and Obsessive. He's done some stuff with the Henson Company. He had that yeah. Puppet Dreams, which was a oh, Henson. that was so great. That was the Henson Company that did that. That's yeah. on Nerdist. Yep. It was Chris Hardwick. Uh, he's yeah. obsession with Muppets. He's and Henson. A big Muppet. They, they Who, had a deal uh, with Henson to do content. Yeah. That's yeah. How the Fraggle Rock video happened because Nerdist yeah. produced that. Yeah. Which I love. I love Nerdist. Unfolds, yeah. I listened to it on the way his podcast on the way down. Nice, here. nice. But the Paul Williams, he was just such a really sweet. He's a down to earth dude. You know. You know when like, people come out of recovery, they're just a lot nicer and like spiritual. He's kind of like that. Like at the end of he sings. He's definitely like um, even keeled now. Definitely yeah, like he's got this like grateful to be around. You know, he had this is really funny, great story of him at a young boy while touring Central or South America. Who yeah. that young boy to be uh, Guillermo del Toro? Oh wow! Years later, like, and of all people, like you know, like fucking Pacific Rim and whatever. Yeah. That guy's done obsessed with Paul Williams. Yeah, so I love this idea that we can be more than we lead on. Like that stuff as yeah. a kid, like Guillermo del Toro. Fucking loves the Paul Muppets. Paul Williams and the Muppets, yeah. <laughs> I was like, why would you like that? You but like you look shit. at his films, though, and you look at the, the effects and the creatures, yeah. that all goes back to what Henson did with Dark Crystal, you know, in a lot Dark of ways. Dark Crystal, that was a big... Yeah, that, that was, I mean, he started production of that in 75. It came out yeah. in 82. I mean, he had this huge build-up for that movie to come out only to... To, I wouldn't say flop, but it wasn't the success they wanted theatrically. No. Thank God for videotapes in the 80s. Because when that movie hit cable and, v- and VHS and rental, it blew up. Syndication, yeah. Yeah, it blew up. You know, it, but Henson it, never seemed to give a shit about money. It was always about he, the art. Well, I got to say, like he, he was very... like After reading that book, and I knew a lot about his past. There's another book called The Works. If you really want to get into Jim Henson's history, I get that book first. It's called Jim Henson, The Works. It's more of a bright, colorful, fun book about his career. Um. You know, it's it's not as deep into his life, but you know, he definitely kept in touch with the business end of it. He mm. always knew money things cost money. Yes. So he'd do crazy things to make money. Like like you read about in the book, he would make videos for IBM that were only shown at meetings and oh. with the Muppets in that, you know, and that was a great source of income for them to make other things. You know. His whole early career, a good chunk of it was making TV commercials with puppets. Oh, yeah. He you know, in the 50s access, and 60s. Right? Started, Even after that, he went oh, on, after. You know, he went on like, the, the local TV stations before there was public access. Yeah. There was local TV affiliates. But even then, he started doing coffee co- like, for Wilkins Coffee. He started making commercials for them that went national. But in every different region, they'd want to promote a specific store or whatever. So you have to shoot one for every part of the country mm. and get more money that way. Oh, well, yeah, you've got to keep the lights yeah. on. 
But and that money listen. funded what eventually became the Muppet Show. What eventually became the Muppet. You know, got, that's Muppet Babies. Got it. Sesame. He did, he did Sesame Street as a means to an end. Yeah. You know, and then he got there and loved the whole enter the educational aspect of it. But he did it for the money. Still on to tube? keep his money to keep his company yeah. going. You know. Oh, good for him. Smart move, though. I mean, like in, you know, uh, so you, you always got to. He, he did care more about the art than the money. Yeah, you knew you had to, it was a means to an end. I think as a true artist, you do have. Yeah, to have I mean that's sense. why it's probably I, mean, I love doing commissions. Part of the reason why I love doing them is the money. You know, right, plus, so. I love when people send me a picture. This is what I want. I'm like, cool. I get to make that now. You know? Yeah, like, and I think that's, and you're going to pay me to do this. I would have making a puppet anyways. Now I'm getting paid to make. I feel bad for this artist because that's like a thing. You're like secretly maybe now things are more open. Like you can't talk about the money. I'm like, yeah, no, well, I mean, motherfuckers got to eat. They call it artwork for a reason. It's still work. Yeah, got to pay people for their work. Yeah, you know? I mean that's one of the big things with Elmwood that we joke around that you know you're going to do a movie with this. You're not going to get paid. Yeah, it's in the contract. When we make money, you will make money. And I'll tell you right now, we have, have we have people that haven't worked with us in ten years. They've done yeah. one project with us. When Elmwood finally makes that million dollars, I'll cut them a check. It might be five dollars, but I'm gonna. I promised everybody yeah. I'm gonna pay, and they're gonna get paid. Like the back end, yeah. But most great. everybody who's worked for us isn't doing it yet for the money. No, you know, like, and like, like this past winter, early spring, we did a show at Desultory Theater, uh, Revenge of the Space Pandas. <laughs> it's, a, so it's an cool. old mammoth play. It's the one thing he wrote for kids. David Mammoth. David Mammoth. Yep. Yeah, and we or Mammoth Mammoth. Um, we um, we uh, and I built the puppets for it, and myself and one of the Elmwood puppeteers, Nick Foreman, puppeteered in it. And the thing is, we weren't going to get paid. I got paid yeah. for building the puppets. But at the end, I, Nick still got paid. I still got paid to puppeteer, which yeah. was kind of cool. But that didn't come from the theater's money because it was a volunteer type thing. Yeah. I made sure that from the Elmwood money that we got for the puppet making, I paid Nick. Because Nick didn't have to do it. It was an Elmwood production. Yeah. You know, so we always make sure people get paid. You That's know? so cool. And so what we do, and I hope I did, Nick doesn't mind, I called him out, but he got paid. One of the other puppeteers in the group turned down the job. That guy would have got paid. Now he's probably like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could have got paid. <laughs> but isn't that, it's just kind of nice that not everything out there is for paychecks. Like, like the, yeah, I will I never. For fun, when I yeah. make money, it's like yes. Yeah, <laughs> I've never or expect to see a dime from the podcast. Yeah. It's a fucking but you fun love project. It. Yeah. yeah, it's fun. It's an excuse to hang out with friends and meet new and people. meet new people and do crazy things. Yeah, and like like um, and geek out about things I love. And getting paid for art is good, though. You know, like my, yeah. my fiance is a painter. She's got her master's degree in painting. Oh, wow. she's an artist. And you know, people are always like, "Oh, how much for a painting?" And she's always like, "I feel bad asking for money." It's like you, you gotta yeah, you, you work your ass. You, off. you work forty hours on something. How much you get paid an hour? At your job, yeah. you gotta at least even that out. And Plus material, you're putting stuff into it. Cause my dad is a a late to a life painter. Okay, yeah. And he's uh, just like Carly's around the state. He doesn't make a career out of it. I don't know. I don't. I don't you right. know, you never know if you actually profit because of the right. amount of time and money. But he loves, loves to do it. it, and that's the and key. it's a hobby. And then, but cool things come out of hobbies. Yeah, like and you meet people. Now, this is a hobby business that's turning into something bigger. Yeah, I mean, we're the Kickstarter is almost there. You know, how like, much? What did you ask for on Kickstarter? 3, 3,000. 3,000. We didn't ask for a lot. We could have gone for more. We've seen things. I was looking at it when cause I've been avoiding doing a Kickstarter forever. Yeah. Every day I was like, let's do it, let's do it. I was always like, there's not a right project for it. We're not at the right place. Like, I just didn't want to ask for money yet. It's hard. And then when Head came up, it was like, you know what? Technology has changed so much in the past five years. Yeah. We need new gear anyways. So yeah. the, the Kickstarter isn't really for making the movie. It's, it's for funding the post-production. Yeah. You know, the editing and all that. And we bought a new camera in advance of the movie. Wow. So we're going to pay ourselves back for that with this money. And if you deserve like it. Yeah. And buy a second duplicate camera to do more at once. Yeah. Which is, you know, we're going to have two of the same camera, which is brilliant if we, could, if we get the Kickstarter money, if we, if we, if we surpass the 3000 But we were looking at other people like, there's a guy who had a sock puppet movie. He wanted $20,000. Yeah. He didn't get it. But how dare you ask for, for a sock puppet? Yeah. And it looked like he already shot it. Now he's looking for money. You know, it was like... Yeah. But like, but people like me, like I enjoyed your movie for Thank the you. price of your admission, five like, bucks to get in and, at the screening. Yeah, yeah. Like, and like that's the thing too. It's like I love that there's no longer the gatekeepers that once exist. I mean, they still exist, but yeah. things are 
different now. You can go, or well, hey, you've been doing it way before it was like the new thing. But yeah, like, the DIY world and all yeah, that. But yeah, but you were like making movies when like. Kevin Smith is like, my life changed on a fluke. Clerks became big. It wasn't supposed to. A yeah. series of unfortunate events happened to become very positive for him. Yeah. Kept it going. But there's a lot of people out there just making movies because they just fucking love That's doing it. Just, I, and I, you can. Yeah. And you do. And we do. And we're and still good. <laughs> and it was great. Is, and when the money comes in for this Kickstarter, I'm confident that our fans are going are gonna to help us out. I'm confident people, we're going to get the 3000 Because we didn't ask for a lot. No. We're going to use that money towards our next two productions. We have our next two... Things lined up. Yeah. Two new web series. One's called The Risley Brothers, about two guys who own a bar and the bullshit that goes on there. Yeah. And then an action comedy. It's like Dude Where's My Car Meets Pulp Fiction called yeah. Debacle. And that's gonna be, <laughs> it was going to be a feature film we're going to do as a web series instead, I think. But we're going to use the new gear and that for these projects yeah. to make them better. And then we're going to go back to the well and make a new season of Steve the Vampire, which people are like really excited about. And, and that's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> but you have fans that want to give back. Yeah. You've given us our people hours and hours of free entertainment. Like, yeah. Why can't why why why, why do you why have not? to go to a studio who's going to say no to you because it's a puppet and, and when like I could just give you five bucks ten bucks you. yeah like, and people are and so many and did we get the one dollar donation and yeah if, and if a hundred people give us one dollar it's a hundred dollars closer I hope anyone listening to this actually does go on and give a dollar yeah that'd be great even the one dollar I mean yeah. you get a thank you in the movie you yeah know? ten agree. you get Josh and Todd downloaded to your computer we give you a download code so Just I mean like, even ten bucks you get a movie do it and I think it's twenty you get. Two movies. You get you yeah. get head when it's done too. For you get a download of head, which is kind of cool. One that was why when we finally said we're gonna do a Kickstarter, I'm like we have to have an immediate gift. Yeah, because so many Kickstarters like when we're done, you'll finally get it. My thing was let's give them Josh and Todd. Yeah, we've screened it a million times. It's not out there though yet. It's not for sale anywhere yet. No. You know? So it's like let's give anyone who gives us ten dollars more a movie because that way they're getting a movie for what they paid for. Yeah, and we're gonna get a, you know ten dollars. You get Josh and Todd. Twenty, you get two movies. That's really cool if you ask me. Oh, that's great. And Josh and Todd, like we're gonna have those download if the Kickstarter ends October eighth. Yeah, we're gonna have those download codes. As soon as I get everybody's emails information from Kickstarter, they're all going to get their download. So yeah. within a week, two weeks tops, you'll have Josh and Todd on your computer at home. That's so cool. How cool is that? You know, this R-rated puppet movie. You know? Kickstarter, <laughs> South Park just did a great episode of kind of making fun of Kickstarter. Yeah. For taking, is that true? It does take some percentage? 3% I think is what they take. Oh, uh, South Park had five. Well, the thing was, it might be five. I'm not even sure because I'm not worried about it. It's one of yeah, those I, like, if they're a business, they have to make money. Yeah. How can they stay open if they don't take a percentage? That'd be yeah. obnoxious. So for, I mean, South Park is funny. Oh, yeah. For them to make fun of that, I get it. But these are rich guys making fun of people asking for help. Oh, and they should make fun yeah. of it because yeah. that's South Park. Yeah, that's exactly. They were it. actually more focused on the NFL commissioner. Yeah. than anything. Yeah. I and knowing those South Park guys from what I've read about them is yeah. I, you know, they love that shit. Oh yeah, because they've given away South oh, Park at every chance they right. can. And it's on their website for free. Yeah, they're yeah. not. So they're they're, yeah. they're true artists who yeah. same thing. And they were like, same way you as a DIY making. Yeah, I mean with the Spirit of South, Christmas or whatever I'm, it was. Yeah, Team America. What Team the America. Hell? What a great film. I love like I actually really there was two puppet movies came out that year. Marionette films. Okay. Uh, one was called Team America. The other was called Strings, and they couldn't be on the opposite ends of the yeah. spectrum for marionettes. If you ha- anybody listening, if you haven't seen Strings, seek never it out. Never heard of it. Yes, it was never even released theatrically in the US. It went straight to DVD in the States. It is dark. It's the Dark Crystal of marionette films. You know, it's That's it, so cool. and, and it's funny there's like I, I saw it at a screening in Atlanta, not Atlanta. Was it Atlanta? No, in Minnesota at a puppetry festival and then it and then I bought the DVD off Amazon Canada. Because it wasn't available in the states yet. A year later, Genius, the Weinstein Company, Genius, yep. I think they own that. They re- they released it in the states on DVD. Thank God. There's puppet. Fa- so how did you get? There must be this whole puppet community. Puppeteers of America just ran their website. I think it's puppeteers.org. Yeah. It's an org. Yeah, puppeteers.org. It's a nonprofit organization for puppeteers to join. They have festivals. They do uh, regional festivals huh. on the 
odd years, on the even years, like all different regions, than a national festival on the even years. And you've gone to some? I've gone, I've gone, to, I've gone to some of the regionals. I've gone to one national. It was nine years ago, I went to the one in St. Paul, Minnesota. It was awesome. Next yeah. year, they're doing it here in Connecticut, actually. Harvard, the, even? Uh, they're doing it at UConn's campus, because they have a puppetry program at Even UConn. better. Yeah. Do they? Yeah, they have a whole puppetry degree there. Wow. I, I know some people have graduated from it. They're still waiting tables. You know, like any degree, you still have to want the work. Yeah, yeah, you can, get yeah, a, you can get a master's degree in psychology and He's work like, at Starbucks. I've worked with those people. Yes, yeah, see. <laughs> you know, and I'm not dissing Starbucks, man. I, no. I love Star- Starbucks coffee. Former barista myself. Yeah, see, you know, but yeah. You know, me too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's like, you know, like, so you still have to have the drive, no matter what yeah. your education is. And, and you should be good at it, too. Yeah. You know, so I'm not saying anything bad about the program. I am saying from what I know about it, they should focus more on film and television puppetry. Because there's no yeah. theater puppetry anymore, really. I, I mean, mean, there is yeah. there is some, but it's not what it was. Do you hope there's a resurgence? I kind of, I, I just kind of hope people stop seeing puppetry as just kids entertainment in the states. Yeah, and so the catchphrase I have is puppetry isn't a genre; it's a medium. How long has it been around? It must have been like puppetry. Is, yeah, forever. Uh, uh, the the earliest, other than cave drawings, is the earliest form of entertainment. Oh wow! Cavemen, the, the little dolls they use, have been proven to be like little idols they use to tell stories. Uh-huh. That's essentially a puppet. That's beautiful. Yeah, so it goes that far back when you really think about it. that. And cave comic books and puppetry are the first art forms. You know? Oh wow! <laughs> you think about it, I love, cave drawings were really just big. Comic yeah, books. I love like I think technology's gone so far now. Things are kind of going back, and you always yeah. hear this complaining. No one has an attention span anymore. Yeah, like, motherfucker! I listen to three hour long podcasts. Yeah, all I mean, talk about attention. I listen, span. I listen to podcasts. I, listen, I I don't have serious radio. Not me neither. But people post Howard Stern the next day on YouTube. Oh, that's good. And a lot of times, I'm, I'm sorry, Howard, I'm stealing your show for free. But he's okay. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'm not stealing it. I'm not the one posting it. I'm just listening to it. Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of times in the morning when I get up, if I get up early enough, I'll listen to yesterday's Howard Stern in the morning. That's usually three to four hours long. Yeah. While I'm doing my morning routine, if I'm, while I'm writing or whatever I happen just to be do, doing, doing my yeah, business the day. Like, I think I have more of an attention span than ever. And I think I might be more yeah. of my things are more niche focused. Because I didn't like a lot of mainstream yeah. shit. Like, I yeah. never watched Big Bang Theory. I assume I'll hate it. And from what I've watched little clips of it, I'm like, ah, fuck this shit. <laughs> and I understand the media. My like, two and a half men in Big Bang Theory are the biggest things, and you got to make money. But give me community Well, I always say, like, the day. lowest common denominator is the most popular thing, because it's dumbed down for the world. Yeah. You know, especially in the U.S. I hate and, to say it, but we... Uh, <laughs> and I'm probably biting myself in the ass. Yeah. In some ways, but the, the, the entertainment in the U.S. is the dopiest thing around. Yeah. You know, except for maybe some of that bad Japanese anime. Some of the yeah. bad stuff. At least they know it's bad. Yeah. At least they're aware of it and they acknowledge it, and it's part of the fun of it. Yeah, we're here. It's like you. I, I, that's part of the reason why I stopped watching television in general. Was it was just getting so vapid. Yeah, you know? I think there's been like, well, I, there's always a the talk. Of there's this like golden age of television. And I'm like, and I used to be really on board with it, but I don't have cable, so yeah. I I pick and choose what I want to watch. And, and that's what's great about now, like yeah. with Netflix and Hulu and YouTube, and just you can find what you like and, and watch it, and you're not out. stuck. Yeah, wading through. Everything else, but then you know, when you put on cable, it's two and a half men reruns. Yeah, and okay. you know, Big Bang Big Theory, Bang Bang. And, and it's like, and I'll go on Netflix and watch Cheers. Yeah, you know, oh, it's, it's like, good stuff. It's and, and and even then, that was sometimes pandering to the audience of 1989. Yeah, where, but, still good, but it's still better than Two and a Half Men. Well, Two and a Half Men. I'm, don't get me wrong; I've watched most of that and laughed my ass off. There I've some moments never gone where that far. <laughs> I've laughed my ass off. I like because yeah. it's just comedy in general, and I have no problem with dick and fart jokes. Well, you, you know? gotta turn off the brain sometimes. Yeah, exactly. And, but I don't think that will hold up the test of time. Like something like Cheers or Frasier, yeah, or even Frasier, yeah, or, yeah, or even like some of the shows from the 70s and, and early 80s or even Taxi. 50s. Taxi. That's a yeah. great Taxi. WKRP. You know, yep. good, good examples of, of you know. A lot of those people turned into like uh, Sam Simon 
was uh, the showrunner of Taxi, who, yeah. who is one of basically the geniuses behind the early years of The Simpsons. Yeah, I mean there would and uh, Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks, yeah, who's I mean still at it. Jeez, and, but then like the the young guys become the it guys, and then become the old guys, and the new guys, new come guys in, come like, in. And... Judd Apatow comes in, grew up on Taxi, brings Albert Brooks back for his movies, yeah. and like Which Albert Brooks never sense. goes away. No, and I, he's I good. love it. Good oh, is good. That's the fucking best. You know. see that movie, T- Bringing Comedy to the Muslim World? No. I saw it on HBO. Oh, it was cool. fucking awesome. Is it cool? But he's just like, you know, and I, I love like, and I also don't give a shit when things air. Like, I'll wait for a whole no. show to end. Like, I'll watch it on my own time. Yeah. That's, I don't care. It's usually how I get into things, too. I mean. Oh, yeah. I I'm trying to think the last show I watched when it was on that I got into and watched like to the end, and I probably didn't get into the third season. It was Angel, believe it or not. Yeah. Oh, wow. I got, like, my, was I, was, a while, my, I was married at the time. Uh, and my ex-wife was a big Buffy the Vampire yeah. Slayer fan. I kind of just avoided it for the first few years yeah, we were together. Just I like, you watch it. it, I'll do my own thing while you watch it. Then I I caught an episode of Angel one because was they were back to back for a while. Yeah, I caught an episode of it. I'm like, wow, this is kind of cool. And she had been buying. She had think she had bought the box yeah. set of the first season. So I went back and watched some of the first season. I'm like, wow, this is actually. It's not as corn. It's not what I thought it was. Yeah, and then I got sucked into it, and I watched it all the way through the end. Yeah, and I was pissed when it was canceled. I usually, usually when a show gets canceled, I'm like, yeah. well, move on to the next thing. I'm like, fuck, that was fucking getting cooler. Oh well, poor Josh. Yeah, but he, oh, poor Josh. Oh. I mean, he's done pretty fine since then. Yeah, but he's a guy who makes good stuff I love and stuff I hate. Yeah, what, like uh, Firefly. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I loved it. Loved and then it. I didn't do Buffy, didn't do Angel, didn't do Dollhouse. Mm. I don't know. You know I've what? never seen Dollhouse. So I'm not I, like a Josh guy, but and Buff, I, Buffy. I went back on and watched after the fact, yeah. and the first three seasons were uh, were intolerable to me. And he'll tell you it is. Yeah, I just oh my god. Then the last four, it was went seven, I think. I don't know. I got into Buffy. it. I got into yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah. I had the DVDs in my house at that point. Yeah. You know? So I wa- but I haven't watched them since. And then he did uh, Doctor Horrible sing along. That was great. It was kind of cool because like. I didn't really, you know, I didn't follow New Patrick Harris's yeah, career. Yeah. I remember Doogie Howser, and then he popped up in a Harold and Kumar movie. Yeah, and he, turned out he'd been doing theater, theater, and Broadway, he was nine, and he was in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, normal, wonderful yeah. human being. And then Doctor Horrible was so much back. fun. It was fucking awesome. Yeah. And that's that's the, a great example of of independent filmmaking, though. That yeah. film is because it was during the writer strike. Yeah, it was him and his like brother. Yeah, his brother yeah. and his wife and his brother's wife. They just kind of did this. You know, it was during the writer strike. They had to do something, so they wrote it real quick before the strike, I guess, because they yeah. couldn't legally, you know, by mm. by union rules, right after that. But they had time to make it because no one was doing anything. So they made yeah. this independent. That's a great example of independent filmmaking because then they were like, "Screw it, we're not going to go through a studio. We're going to finance do it ourselves. Get our friends to be in it." Happened. their friends, friends are super talented and, and famous. famous and famous. So <laughs> never hurts. Yeah, but they are friends, which is kind of cool. And then put it out online, and you know, and so it's funny when the DVD first came out, I ordered it. No, I didn't order. Who? Somebody I knew bought it. I borrowed it, but it was a burned DVD. Wow! It wasn't even like a manufactured DVD. Uh huh. When it first came out, and you could order it through Amazon. Yeah. But it was a burned DVD, and you could and they, they didn't and, it, and it, you could copy it because it wasn't wow. even copyright protected. God, which was, and are... now then they found because they had no distributor, they were distributing it themselves. Oh wow! They were supplying it to Amazon themselves by wow. burning them, and then finally somebody they got somebody to pick it up, which is probably a smart move. You know? Yeah, yeah. It probably was just cost them so much to do it that way but how cool is that though that they were just like totally DIY oh my and then God. finally they were like alright let's just license this out to somebody it's what him Neil Patrick Harris Felicia Day and, and uh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion, Fillion? yeah Nathan Fillion. And, but now he's guy. on like some 
I don't want to insult it. I don't watch Castle. No, neither do I. I don't. Have I wasn't even aware of it till three or four seasons in. No, me I neither. Saw the, I saw the box at um, Best Buy, and I'm like, what is that? What is that? <laughs> yeah. But those are the most popular shows. But I guess the thing is, if yeah. you're like an actor making your living off acting, you want to be the guy in a Law and Order SVU yeah, or Big you Bang be Theory. A, a, yeah, a long term show because that's because uh, <laughs> you got to eat. You got to eat. You got yeah. And, you got to pay your mortgage. And then your yeah. summers off is when you make your movie. You know, it's hard to make a career doing the weird art stuff. Oh yeah, because you're just not gonna. You're not going to. Sad like the age of independent. The good independent film is kind of like the small big budget because now it's either like Guardians or fucking Avengers or like Josh and Todd and there's like that yeah there's no middle ground anymore in a lot of ways so much of our film industry in this country is now focused on China yeah, like, I saw uh, Transformers with Mark Wahlberg because my brother in law wanted. Okay, I want whatever. I don't like. I like the first Transformers movie. That's I, the only one I've seen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not fucking all the way Citizen. through. I've seen bits and pieces. Yeah, of those. I just it's eh. not Citizens came, but yeah, sometimes I just want to watch a fucking so awesome action movie. Yeah. yeah. And I liked it, so I was like, oh, I'll see the new one. Yeah. Didn't know it was three or uh, four hours long. Yeah, there's uh, that's something. It's like, we, I, Elmwood Productions has an unofficial rule: when we hit ninety minutes, we got to find out why it's ninety minutes. Yeah, if it's a good ninety minutes, leave it. If we hit over 90 minutes, it's like something's wrong here. Yeah. How come we haven't told our story yet? Because that's one of my big problems with movies is like even the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah. I didn't like Batman Begins. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I thought it was flat. It was a good way to start, but it could have been an hour shorter mm-hmm. and told the same story and it would have been better. You think that's their reaction to everything getting short? They're like, well, fuck you. We're going to do long. No, I just think that they don't know how to tell a short story. I think I there's really an think art to that. Part of it is how do you break it down and tell the same story in less time and have it be entertaining? Yeah. And, you, and, and you'd think studios would be more behind that because if, if you make a 90-minute movie versus two-hour movies, you're getting more screenings in, too. Oh, They're that's true. more ticket sales uh, in a day. That's true. Oh, wow. If, never yeah, of that. And then, you know, like, for three-hour movie shows once, a 90-minute movie shows twice. Oh. That's you know, and that's not where I'm looking at it that way. I just no, my ass gets tired sitting in a movie theater. Yeah, scene. and like I think Wolf of Wall Street was like three hours long. Yeah, which I liked. You know, I but it, they could have made that movie two hours. Yeah, you know, I understand why movies are long. Yeah, sometimes me too. I watch a movie and go, I could cut that down to ninety minutes in a heartbeat. The, the story and, wasn't and, there. Uh, the second one, um, Dark Knight. Yeah, that could have been a two hour movie, not a two an hour forty minute movie. How long Easily. was it? I think it was two forty. Yeah, there the was with a lot Joker. that yeah. didn't need to be in there. There was so much that there's they just they put so. I mean, it's just me though, you know. No, I agree. The new Transformer movie, like the last hour, is sets place in China. Like it was so yeah. deliberately like China. We're making yeah. this movie because that made over a billion dollars in China. China. Yeah, like, so it wasn't so they that brought big it here. to China to get more Chinese viewers. Yeah. yeah, I mean that movie was made for China. Yeah. That's why there was the uh, very. Uh, the father who's very uncomfortable. I don't know if you saw it. But it's not I saw worth- bits and pieces. I, don't I haven't seen the whole break thing. it down. Why it's fucking terrible? I had trouble sitting through the parts I saw. <laughs> oh, it was so fucking yeah. long. But it was like Mark Wahlberg is like a, a robot or transformer came alive, just killed his best friend. But he's uncomfortable because his teen- gorgeous teenage daughter might be sexually active. Oh no! Because like, but that's like very. It yeah. was very like that old nineteen fifties here, but yeah. that's still China. Yeah. But then the whole thing takes place in Hong Kong and didn't even there was an hour movie that didn't need to be there. Yeah. But you're like. This movie wasn't made for us. Nope. Which international audiences? Yeah, which and is that's fine. Changing. Yeah. Uh, Brett Easton Ellis has one of my favorite podcasts. It's oh, called yeah? the Brett Easton Ellis Podcast, Makes where it's sense. just him bitching about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> which I didn't. I'm not a big reader. I know you said you were, but he. Uh, I didn't know he wrote Fight Club or anything. Yeah. Never even saw. Fight oh, wait, Club. did he write Fight Club? I think so. He wrote the book. No, he is it a book? No, he didn't. Chuck Palachuk wrote that. Oh, or, I don't know how to pronounce his not name. Fight he wrote Club. Um, oh, American Psycho, American Psycho, Sorry. and uh, Rules of Attraction. Yep, and a bunch of others. I had no yeah. idea who he was. Yeah. I just found him because of podcasting. Okay, yeah, American but Psycho is a great book. Fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. What other like so? The only books I really read are like Chuck Klosterman. <laughs> Excellent. Did I say his name right? Yeah, yeah I think I, you did. I love that guy. 
I can read like, but like nonfiction. I'm a big nonfiction guy. That's the thing. Like, I'm yeah. not a big fiction reader. I'm a big nonfiction reader. I don't know. I just I didn't even see Star Wars until I met my wife. Oh really? Yeah. I just I don't know what it is. I just never liked sci-fi until really? recently. And I'm I was slowly... never a big sci-fi guy. Honestly, sci-fi fantasy. I did. I grew up on Star Wars. That was yeah. But when Star Wars was big, the original, so was Indiana Jones, and I was yeah. an Indiana Jones kid. I yeah. Had the figures. I have the hat. You know, I'm, I'm I have the poster in my porch yeah. from the last they one. They fucked up that last one. I, you know what's funny is people always complain about the last one, but if you go watch all four, yeah, and watch the last one it makes complete sense the aliens yep all right I'll you know why no because first off the original one was a, was a tribute to the 1930s serials where it was an adventure and then did the cliffhanger then you had to come back next week to see the next 20 minutes okay. of the movie. and that's what that movie is, is a bunch of scenes of adventure that leads to the next adventure that's what the first trilogy was supposed to be so the second film or the, the, the fourth film kingdom of the crystal skull that movie takes place now in 1958 or 59 yeah what was big in the 50s for filmmaking? Everything was Red Scare and Alien movies. Oh. So the whole point was it's up. Indiana Jones is older now. This is what's happening in the world now. Oh. We're going to make a tribute to those films now. That's what Raiders was. It was a, and Raiders really is the ultimate B-movie. Yeah. You know, and the, other t- the two first two sequels are B-movies, just with A-list actors and directors and screenplays. Yeah. Yeah, but they're still B-movies in a lot of ways. But, um, so Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is exactly that. It's a B-movie like it was supposed to be. And it's, everyone's afraid of communists, which is yeah. the issue, the Russians. And then aliens is a, was a big thing at that point yeah. in, in, the, in, the, in, in the world. Like, everyone was talking about that. So you got to put Indiana Jones. If you made Raised All Stark again, people were like, well, they didn't update it. So they update it, and all the same fanboys are like, fuck that. They fucking put aliens in it. It's like, well, that's... Yeah, sorry. I was one you, of them. Yeah, but, if you, but when you stop and look at the history of yeah, film, it makes, did, way, it makes yeah. way more sense. Oh. And the idea of... There's a great line in the, in the very first quarter of the movie where... Um, Indy's boss, I can't think of the character's name now, the, the, the dean of student, the dean at the school, yeah. says we're at an age now where God stops giving us things and starts taking things away. Yeah. His dad died, he lost his job, he's a single guy who's pushing 70, you know, he's yeah. not getting things. By the end of the movie, he's done what Indians always does. He doesn't get the treasure, but he's got something new. He always mm. fails. I don't know if you ever oh. noticed that. He never gets I, what he's going for. I don't know much for. about Indiana Jones. If you watch Raised Lost Ark, does he end up with the Ark? No. If you watch Temple of Doom, does he end up with the stones? No. But he uh. always gets some enlightenment out of it. And that's, mm. the, that's the point. And in this one, he ends up with a wife and a kid. At a point in his life when he shouldn't be getting these things. Yeah. He gets enlightenment. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Who they was felt- not bad in that movie. No, he's great. You know, the worst part of that movie was the fucking monkeys. That yeah. made no sense. It, it, but it was, it was Lucas going, look what we can do. And you know what? He does that in every movie he's ever made, even Ray's Lost Ark. You know, well, like, he, he's definitely the guy who gets more credit than he deserves. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, okay. So like the, the fourth indie movie, like with the Muppet movies, or with, there's never a bad one. There's levels of good. Yeah. I think they get, each one gets progressively not as good. Okay. I'll do, and the order they came out is... And, and, and Temple of Doom is just a remake of Raiders in a lot of ways. Yeah. Note for note. But it's so fun. And Last Crusade bumps it up a little bit. It's maybe a little better than Temple of Doom, but I just like Raiders. I like Temple yeah. of Doom better. But, so the fourth one, it wasn't the greatest movie ever made, but it made sense if you, if you follow like the world history and what was going on in film in the 50s and 60s. It makes complete sense why they would do a tribute to that type, a science fiction movie. Okay. Like, science fiction was the biggest thing in 1958, Yeah. You know, the Invaders from Mars and things like that. So... Oh wow! Now, so, I, now you go back and watch the movie, and be like son of a bitch. It's not that bad. Damn it! Now I have to not kind of yeah. like it. And, it's, and, and like I said, I mean, if I was going to go with my duty play right now, throw an Indiana Jones movie, in, it's going to be Raiders. Yeah, it's my favorite movie ever made. To be honest with you, did you go around when they um, filmed? Uh, a friend of mine works here? at Yale. What's that? Oh, oh, oh yeah. When they were filming there. So, oh, cool. Yeah, I, w- I went up there for a day. Yeah, that's fucking awesome. It was cool. It was cool. I called out of work. Told my boss why, and he's like, "Yeah, you better go." Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, "I'm going to see." You. So that was cool. It's, it's funny. My buddy cool. works at Yale. I never even saw him the whole time I was there, but. Yeah, I was like, whatever, yeah, man. So. I think they're filming a Woody Allen movie in a neighborhood, and I don't even like oh, Woody Allen. But, but you want to like, go check it out. Oh, yeah. I saw Emma Stone walking out of her trailer. Cool. Yeah, they, filmed, cool. they were just filming in 
because they changed the movie laws where they're filming a lot of stuff in New England now. Yeah, they Primarily, are. Primarily, uh, Massachusetts has a lot of the stuff. Yeah, they're trying to do more and more here in Connecticut. Connecticut. But so taxes are still so high here. Yeah, well, there's a lot of reasons why Connecticut's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. Uh, no, no, I'm kind of on yeah. board with that. Yeah. I've lived other places. I've always managed to come back to Connecticut, but it's not because of the money. It's always family. Yeah. I just jumped ship to Rhode Island for a lady. Yeah. That was my goal. Was to I moved to Florida just to get out of here for a while. Yeah. Know? And then came and then did some other tours, duty, came back here. At least we're close to stuff. That's who you got. New York, you got Boston. Yeah, you're not far from Atlanta, really. Even you know, it's but that's not... the point of Connecticut. It's really great to go elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's a, oh, Connecticut's great. Go to Boston, Mike. Yeah, that's not got, your state. Shut up. <laughs> like where you're yeah. at now, yeah, it's not. Far. Which I never knew Providence was awesome. Yeah, like, it is. and it used to not be. Yeah, no. It used to be terrible. I never went there until I met my now wife. And it's it's fucking awesome. Cool. It's a really cool place. There's like a big puppet thing there, big Nozo Productions. I don't know tons about them, but about you should yeah, look, look into them. They're fucking. Up, yeah. I see. Them. They're all over. They do a lot of public stuff. When I used to work okay, downtown, a lot of live shows and stuff. I mean, out in the world, like yeah. they'll just oh, cool. be out in the world and just they're out these gigantically oh, the, huge, the weird puppets, yeah. and they like walk around and just Neat. like buy the bus terminal just to fuck around Shit. and cheer up. Oh, that's kids. cool. Yeah, they're really. I don't know them personally at all, but yeah. they're just fucking awesome. Um, well, thank you so fucking much for hey, doing this. Man, thanks for coming. That's great. I hope we can, can we look at your puppets if that's cool. Yeah, let's That'd do it. Great.